0: decisions and replays. Oh, and there's the goal. And it's Gary Twig who has put Shamrock Rovers in front. His first goal for the club and the first goal in Tara scored by Gary Twig.
1: Panic on the streets of London. Maybe I like the misery. In
2: mixed emotions.
0: Mixed emotions, buddy.
1: just once would be enough for those who've lost in life for love for those who've lost their guile and nerve their innocence and their drive and verve for those who feel they've been mistreated discriminated
3: Welcome to East Dan, episode 233 and it's me Gary P and of course the Prof, Carl Riley. Second attempt at this intro, Gary. Mm. Yeah. Second attempt. Probably. I've
4: only been doing this for
3: 233 episodes. Two, three, well apparently I haven't got 233 episodes <laughs> underneath the belt. Minus
4: five for you, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: and of course, the credit, of course, Prof. Uh, I actually I actually didn't need them this week but they are a fantastic service. But I did need lens. I did need Ocean Electrical who came out and they gave me loads of new lights. I can finally read Talatime in heavenly light on the bathroom now.
4: Yes, I saw your post on Instagram <laughs> mocking my toilet reading They came out and
3: they fitted loads of lights <laughs> loads of fittings um, Ah, it was, it, it's the the house is lit up do you know like when you turn the lights on in the kitchen it's like I was escaping from prison it's like <laughs> it's like someone puts a fucking spotlight on me um, yeah no they came out they were brilliant they are oh, totally decked out everywhere so check out um, Ocean Electrical And of course That's credit So yeah Prof This week we have Shells and Bray Away Reviews Flashback 30 years ago With Juzz And Hannah Dunn Meets Rover's captain And Ireland legend Anya O'Gorman
4: Yeah So we'll probably spend About
3: <coughs> five minutes On the Shells game Because
4: I don't have a whole lot To say about it He takes me straight <laughs> after it you're like
3: oh, I'm skipping this shit <laughs>
4: yeah so yeah like you say we've got the Anya Gorman interview uh, we've sent Hannah out into
3: the field girl yeah out into the field not an actual field no she's been um, she's been rev, uh, relishing her new role <laughs> or re- revelling yeah. re- revelling am I saying revelling in her new role revelling yeah. in her new role as uh, the ladies correspondent so big but, shout out
4: well she didn't even have to leave her own home for this because they're both uh, Bray natives Hannah and Anya uh, are we claiming a podcast bump here now because I know two games have been played but this shot was arranged, this interview I should say, was arranged, before Anya got her
3: last minute winner against Stoiga. Is that yep. a tipties bump? That is it. Why wouldn't it be a tifty's bump? Absolutely, yeah? Absolutely a tifty's bump. Um last week's all female hotline went down a tree prop.
4: Yeah, uh six coders this year. Only half as many as last year, but no, it's not easy getting, you know, all different uh, female voices. So, 12-6, that's 18 different voices in the two
3: auto lines. So, I'm pretty yeah. pretty happy with that. Yeah, solid, solid lineups. ups um, Childhood friend of mine, St. Damien's alumni, Karen Connolly. Uh, she so she voiced out with the prof. And she said that a fella was talking to her and actually said, Do you know Gary Twig? Do you, have you heard... Of Gary Twig, Well, the way it started
4: was like oh. in a
3: condescending tone.
4: He was like, "Oh, you support robbers, do you?" Yeah. I was like, "Who was your favorite player?" And, well, Pigo. I have a dog named Pigo. Yeah. I was like, "Do you know Pigo? Do you know Gary Twig?"
3: It's like very it's like, Oh, so you follow rowers, Yeah. What color are the jerseys? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. I, I could only it's, imagine you.
4: You nearly you'd have to raise the hand. Hard to believe these sort of gobbledygigs exist. Like, and mm. she's like, "Mate, I'm going. I'm following Robert's thirty years." Do you know
3: who I think? Do you know who ask that question? Yeah, man, that's getting the Liverpool lad that's getting all the grief online, and he's getting all the attention. Yeah. Have you did you have you heard did you hear what he said there recently? I saw his apology. Or no, no, the, you're not in the other one. There's oh, two of them. Oh, see, I mixed them up. There's a bald one, and then there's a there's your man called Paddy. A right, man right, called right. Paddy is probably the most obnoxious, ignorant football fan I've ever seen online. He uh, he starts slagging Bury, who are dead and gone as a football club. This is thousands of people's football club and he's sl- he slagging them because they're dead. So I think it's a matter of time before he, he meets his maker. Anyway, I can't believe we're in discussion. Meets his maker sounds a bit ominous now. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to die.
4: Sounded like you wanted to get hit by uh, something in traffic. Me, me there is, that's, Twitter, that's maker. Not what Gary is meant. Twitter maker. Is Twitter maker. But what, what what prompted Karen to post that was she she appeared on the all female hotline last year and uh, she was very good as all all the ladies were in the segment and uh, one of the questions was have you what challenges have you faced? Obviously a lot we'll talked about facilities and gender stereotyping. Most of the, the ladies didn't actually experience that, especially at League of Ireland. Well, what some of them said was, "It's actually the barstoolers have this." Well, some of them in their experience have this ignorant view towards women in football. Mm. But less so League of Ireland. They find League of Ireland more welcoming.
3: That's cool. You, but could you you can imagine the obnoxious guys in mm. the pub? You know, the barstoolers are sitting there going, "Oh, oh woman like football." Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges Lara face Was dragging her drunk husband Out of the pub That's why I didn't want her to air it Yeah I was like What's your biggest challenge I was like Don't Don't do it Lara Don't hang me uh,
4: Well I don't know if we're going to be doing Another all female hotline But uh, We could definitely get Lara we On could some s- stage we
3: could, uh, we could mix it up We don't have yeah. to Segregate them For yeah, much we long longer have, We can
4: have Lara on some stage We can live in harmony uh, People got a kick out of our Soundcloud cover You know Because a nook Yeah <laughs> <laughs> another deco classic there some people just replied with the laughing emoji like no no feedback to the show just love them. the cover
3: they are they are ireland's hottest family they really are i was up there with the crystal swing mob uh yeah so 14 years ago prof on monday Tallaght stadium was open um i think it was nearly shut down on the night as well there was a shooting up the road I think that's what saved the from the cops had to go and shut that and go and deal with that. That saved it from being shut down. Uh, but it was a mental night. Still remember tumbling down the the blocks when Gary Twig scored, <laughs> even though I got the question wrong.
4: Are you talking about the Bows goal though? This is the opening night we're talking about. I'm sorry, the Sligo. Yeah. No,
3: Sligo goal, yeah, no, the sligo go tumbling down the blocks. There was a lot of tumbling back then, bro.
4: Apparently so. Did a lot of tumbling. Um love George Kelly's
3: photos, he uh put up a selection an epic night talent native Richie Bannum won an Oscar so we're claiming him probably I presume May as well so he's a sign fan now ok so we've an Oscar winning Rovers fan it's not too bad uh, on RIP to Matt Britton's mother who passed away on Sunday so former hoop Matt Britton former player of the year Matt Britton yep
4: so yeah Gary we weren't at uh, the Bray game Monday but with it being a Leinster Senior Cup tie and with this Friday being St. Patrick's Day it did get me thinking that exactly 30 years ago, mm-hmm. Robbers played Leinster Senior Cup final on St. Patrick's Day, and it was against Bowes. one of only two finals since the 90s that Robbers and was
3: met in a final. Ever in any final, in any FAO? Or
4: Just since the 90s. The only yeah. other one was the President's Cup in 94, uh, so exactly 30 years ago. And I, this game has popped up a few times in conversation, hasn't it? Because it was notorious crowd trouble after. Yes. Same and it's also popped up because uh, Tommy Tarmy had some choice words for a goalkeeper who was outjumped by Pat Fennin. so. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So I thought, who better than the memory man? Just amazing. To give us the rundown of what happened on Paddy's day. In the National Senior Cup final 30 years ago.
5: Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, Gary, hey, Prof. Um, yeah, thanks for asking me to bring my memories of the Leinster Senior Cup Final, nineteen ninety three. It's hard to believe it's thirty years this this Friday, Paddy's Day. Um, just a bit of a background it. Uh, the previous year, 1991-92, Rovers had not competed in the in the competition. Um, there had been a falling out after the year before that, the nineteen ninety one semi final, where Rovers had lost two one to Pats. And a decision was given against Rovers, and, and Noel King lost the plot, I think, and was on a Tuesday night in Dailymount. Um, I wasn't at the game, school night and stuff like that. So, um, but something, something had happened. King, I wasn't happy, and at the start of ninety one, ninety two, King was manager, and the club decided not to enter the competition. And um, orders will tell you exactly why. I'd say like so, uh. Jason, Tommy or, or Robert will be able to tell you um, why exactly, but I think it was something to do with that. So we we didn't play in the competition in 91-92. Then obviously Kinger and the club parted ways in late 91. Ray Trace came in, so the, the team was back in it in 92-93. In, in and as we know, in 92-93, there had been a big change of personnel. A lot of the big players that Kinger brought in, the likes of Dave Henderson had gone to Bowes, Paul Dolan had gone to Shells, uh, during the season, Johnny McDonough would go to um, would go to um, back to Pat's and McNudie would stay again the, the season. Would be vital because in this season we were rele- we were almost relegated, and, and the last few games Mick was huge in keeping us up. But the side of the season, we, we we played two before the league or the league cup started. We played two Lancelot Senior Cup games, and um, I think we beat Newbridge Town, who were managed by. Uh, Eamon Sheila there, see who passed away recently, former Ro- Rovers great goalkeeper the 50s. And um, he was there Mansoor, always beating Fournil in the RDS. And then the following, that was the day that Michael Carruth won this gold medal at the Olympics and Wayne McCullough won a silver. And um, August 8 of August ninety two, if you remember me, serves. And then on the following um Thursday, uh, we won away 4 0. I can't remember who it was against. I think the game might have been playing the AUL complex even. Um again others will others will um will clarify that for 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 us. But um I missed that game. One of my friends at the time his cousin was getting married out in the old Doggy Island Hotel, which is now gone, so I missed that game. That I think Christian Bowers might have played. I think that was the thing at the time. He signed his young lad from from, from Home Farm who'd been really good for Home Farm, but his surname was Bowers, Bowes, B O W E S. So uh, I think he. Injuries And he just didn't get much game time It was pity Because he did have potential But anyway we, We'd gotten into the we that put us into the quarter final. We played that in November 92 On a Tuesday night Away at the shelves And anyone who was late Would have missed a goal Toller scored in the first minute I think straight from kickoff John Toller scored And uh, we held on a 1-1-0 And uh, it was the first night I'd heard the Rovers are back Hello chant um, Long time since I'd heard that But <laughs> You know, when you think of it now, when the quarterfinal of the Leicester Senior Cup to see a chance Rovers are back. But it was a huge win because both sides played fairly strong sides then in the competition, you know. And Shares were defending league champions and would win the Cup that year and, and go close to winning the double. So it was a big win for us to win that. And we then played a semi-final against Francis and Daly Park. 0-0 after extra. I think we won 2-0 after extra time. Not a great game. Rovers were not great we wore a yellow waist strip we? and at the time i used to help out the lfa because it was an lfa game with program selling for the semi-final and final i just happened to get be at a game about two years beforehand and just being there there a year beforehand and being there the early one night and they said they were stuck would they help so i just helped so i did that for the semi-final did the in, and i did it for the final now i didn't really want to for the final and um, because i just wanted to go to the game but uh the person who was involved at the LFA at the time was like look we're really stuck so I did it that day. So in the lead up to the final I think we we had, we was had struggled that season at times at times they played really well, like they'd hammered Bray 6-1, they'd hammered Bray 5-0 away, John Cody got a cracker that day and people invaded the pitch and, and people were saying, I think there was an announcement of the Tannoy that if, that if it didn't uh, stop the game would be abandoned but with that, we'd also had bad days. We had been beaten 4-1 at home by Limerick when Alan Kane, who Tommy Tommy's a massive fan of, made an absolute howler. And so going into this game, the two games beforehand, we hadn't made the top six, obviously, but we'd won a big cup tie against Waterford 3-0 and famous for Gino Brazil's goal when he ran from inside his own half. And then a huge six-pointer on the Sunday before this, we beaten Bray 2-1. So we were going into this game with a bit of confidence. Bowers were flying the other end of the, at the other end of the table. They were in the top six. They won the cup the year before. They were at the top of the league. They were looking like they were gonna win the league. They looked the best equipped to win it. Um and we all know what happened with the bus thing after that. Um I'll be reminding of fans I know on the eleventh of April of that a lot. The Bus broke down the last seat day the season, costing the league title. But so going into this game was like vital that you were thinking, right, let's it's a cup final they're flying let's try and get something to get salvage something out of the season so i mean, people might say something less in the cup but this was a big deal so i got up to the ground early and i saw probably the rovers end. there was a C for me in the main stand so just uh, i could have gone back in but i just i just said there was sort of neutral end at the end of it and there's a few rovers fans in there as well elder rovers fans at the time from what i can remember it wasn't a great game at all and um, well, was a very disappointing on the day both of the mix and match side out Because they're obviously concentrating on the league And then I think it was a late goal It's a free kick in, Alan Kane comes through And he's just out jumped by Pat Fenn. And it goes in And it was like, what the heck, this is terrible And I was huffed and puffed from what I can remember But did never look like equalising And then finally I went And I just said, what oh, the hell with this, I'm getting out of here So I didn't go There was a way down, you could go in through was Sort of back the side entrance at the Daily Mount then, so I think a couple of us went, there was like the office entrance went out and down on the Piers Road and, and walked away, didn't think that of it, had a few roars, I just thought that was Bowers lifting the cup and then had a few police cars, that something kicked off here. And so it was later that night, I was down in Newings End and people who had stayed told me, and was me sixteen at the time, what it, had what it happened. Um, like, the trophy presentation was on the pitch, which was weird because there was, for years, the FAI Cup, and, and after this, was presented in the stand. So, that someone just decided to present this on the pitch? Crazy decision, whoever decided. But anyway, from what I've been told anecdotally, Rovers fans, some of them, Bo, some Boas fans went down to celebrate with that team. And some Rovers fans just charged at them. And from the pitch, uh, from the, uh, the old... The, behind the goal which is now condemned um, and the shopping centre ends and tried to run at them and uh, all of a sudden there was carnage on the pitch Um, like Rovers fans ran the Bowers fans back to the shed a few Bowers fans tried to smuggle some Rovers fans into the shed to try and at them, police came onto the pitch and and, uh, started using batons on people and it was probably at the time the biggest crowd one of the biggest crowd trouble incidents in the 90s now it had followed on from i think the previous october we had played bows in i think we played him in the RDS, DPS one nearly yeah, it was the first day i actually saw problems for rovers and it was a double header with an ireland underage game in romania i think and um, tony sheridan might have played in that in ireland. and ireland and there'd been trouble on the anglesey road that day because for some mad reason they let them out at the same time so There was, from what I heard, there was trouble and and endowment was pretty bad on that Paddy's day. I remember on the fanzines joking that the Rovers' performance was so bad that the Rovers' fans tried to get to the Rovers' team, but the Bowers' fans got in the way. So um, that was that. So it wasn't a great day. Um, A day that was a lovely, sunny St. Patrick's Day, it was a Wednesday, I remember as well, and a day that we could have gone right. We had to try and salvage something. And the worst thing was that Bowers were going to win this. They'd beaten us twice already in the league that year. They were going to win the league, it looked like, and it just looked like this was terrible, you know, because, you know, we were, and we were just looking like a struggling side who was, like, we were six years out of the town, but it just wasn't happening for us. In the end, Bowers wouldn't win the league. Uh, that was the year the famous tree game, uh, the three-way playoff the league title. Um, Bowers' famously, the bus broke down. On the way to Dundalk a month later um, The 11th of April Which is Easter Sunday And they only needed to draw in Dundalk and they lost And with Cork winning and Shels winning They meant that all three were on the same point So a three-way playoff ensued Just in the end Cork won Even though Bowers had a better goal difference now it wouldn't matter, Bowers won the league on goal difference But um, And then the following year 54 weeks to the day a Wednesday afternoon, spy Wednesday It's the Wednesday before Easter Rovers were in the league title said that to any of us leaving the ground that day we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't have believed it. But hard to believe it's thirty years ago. Not a memorable match. I'll probably more remember for what happened and the goal we gave away, which was absolutely terrible. But uh for people to say that Lensa senior cup doesn't really mean that. It meant something that day. And when we won it again for when we won it four years later against Shell, it meant an awful lot. We hadn't much to go but much in the nineties and uh it was vital. Guys like this are vital, just some a bit of success in any competition was worth it. Makes the makes some of the issues we're going through at the moment very, very flimsy, really, you know, considering what we went through then. But that's another debate. But yeah, 30 years. My God. My God. Not a great day in over 60. All right, lads, hope that helps. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye, bye. Bye. Yeah so um, Great
3: stuff from the memory man um, Bad game of football By all accounts And uh, Probably more memorable mm. For the, what happened After the final whistle And The bowls players Celebrating with the Trophy on the pitch Which was sort of ruined Wasn't it By the uh, The
4: crowd trouble At the end um, mm-hmm. Jones is a sub Storyteller isn't he I love the <laughs> way he sets up uh, He just sets he Paints the picture of How the season's going and He
3: meanders slightly Mm. but it always comes back to the point yeah which is which is a, a a very very cool way of telling stories
4: yeah didn't have uh robots or pedal power the units in daily mountain in those days but uh that senior cup was a big deal at the time I pedal
3: just power crepe unit yeah listen to that <laughs>
4: that was a mouthful it wasn't easy getting that though but um yeah the dance senior cup was a big deal um like if you speak to Jim Conroy, he'll tell you about the crowds in the finals in uh, the 60s. I think well, I don't think Jim was at them. I think he started going sort of early 70s. But 20,000. And the finals were on Paddy's Day. It was kind of a tradition. 20,000. Yeah. And then 90s, probably less so in the mid-90s and late-90s, it becomes a bit more of a Joe competition. But as Joe says, we won it in 97. And that... Like, that and the Super Cup were only trophies in the in the 90s aside from the 94 league title so it meant something um, Joe says if you watch the 1980 Scottish Cup final oh, on, because
3: that's like really easily accessible
4: well it's on YouTube I think um, <laughs> between and Rangers he said if you stick that on he said that row between Rowers and Bows was a poor man's 1980 Scottish Cup
3: final so ah. if you want to visualise it stick that on YouTube yeah, so um better off out on cups anyway. Oh yeah. yeah, so move on to the league campaign. We drew it all against Shelbourne, our second success successive scoreless draw at Tulka Park and our fourth draw in five games this season. So No goals, Garrett. Couldn't have been greater contrast to Monday's eight gold thriller. Yeah. Um we a couple of us predicted this in the in the last one standing, but we'll talk about the team with Pico back Cavo left wing back and tell him for Watson clearly started but he got the hook I half time for Grace so on a yellow wasn't he yeah um, we'll talk about the match we'll talk about pre-match for us we'll talk about the no,
4: no body for them by the way no Boydie um,
3: adductor he, injured his adductor which is muscle in your stomach so he he's sounds optimistic though he sounds like he won't be out for ages some some injury haul that fella some yeah. injury list but pretty much yeah prof I went in I got a lift in with Big Daddy a car full of taxi men and uh, some stories. i tell you what, if you had a... If is you this had Mark a, Eden, is it? Yeah. If you had a, a microphone in the back of that car, it, would be, <laughs> it was uh, It was interesting, to say the least, With the lads dropped me in. Into the mill mount, prof. Into the mill mount for a point. First time in it as well. I was never in there. No, neither
4: was I. Uh, the dreaded pitch inspection, guard, What was it, 3 o'clock or so? I was always confident, um, to be honest.
3: Whenever As the day progressed, I always thought to myself. This is gonna be grand. It's not gonna be any issues with it.
4: People are getting flashbacks to Tal Kapir getting the brushes out, brushing the the water off the pitch. Well, in this case, not water, but uh, frost and snow and everything wasn't. It? No, I don't think it was that. It was that problem. But we had the it uh, cleared up during the day. Didn't it? like it, by the afternoon, like the weather was fine and then the match itself was grand. Similar to last year, as I recall, Tal got the two games. I remember it lashing the day before in the morning. And the weather being horrendous. And then the game comes
3: and it was actually fine. But so. the, the ever optimistic Jason Maloney No chance that melts in time. Daily Mountain looking much the same but have 25 volunteers from Climate Change Ireland clearing the pitch with two pushes. <laughs> yeah.
4: What he says because there was a lot of speculation about if it's cancelled like what happens. Because there was a lot of spares floating around wasn't there? As soon as
3: it hit maybe two and the pitch inspection was on its way and in in progress people just selling their tickets.
4: Yeah, was it just like, were they anticipating to being off or were they afraid of the cold? I'm not sure which. Uh, what do you?
3: I sa- don't get the afraid of the cold thing. No. I don't get that at all.
4: What do you said? If you bring your Sunderland tickets, this is from 2008, I think yep. the friendly was, the club will finally refund you. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, But we spoke with the mill mill anyway, a nice point. Guinness was nice. Yeah. A quick swifty and then in. And yeah. Gary Lineker was the hot topic of the pub. Yeah.
4: Um, it's obviously all resolved now, but at the time it was... All anyone was talking about, uh, all the memes of who was going to host match today, like you know children's presenters and all, It was quite funny. Um, just some talk observations before I before we went in.
3: You weren't you were um, there when one of the there was a fella walking, and he was trying to get some contraband into Talca Park, and we were nowhere near it. We were nowhere near Talca Park, and this fella. was... Oh, I was behind you actually. Yeah, put, I I saw this. He was putting. A, f- a couple of two flares in his glove and then in his sleeve so that it was in his glove in his sleeve at the same time Garrett, this
4: how did that copper see that Garrett this guy popped out behind a bush like he, m- like Mike Myers
3: in Halloween he, he, he fucking did he just goes give me that <laughs> and then he goes bollocks he goes and you're on. he goes have you any more he goes no <laughs> this is <worked laughs> off. I was like how how did he fucking see it So what's he gonna do with that now he's gonna get <laughs> home in the sitting room <laughs> I'm surprised he bought
4: it. Like when he said no no, no more. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was gonna give him the full um, pat down. I just remember witnessing that thinking, that was what are the odds. Mad. Ah. But um, yeah, I was queuing up with the gent and we're kinda we're opening up usual routine, you open up your tickets on the phone, ready to be scanned. I was just thinking like I just said to him, This is all you know, isn't it? This the the online ticket era. Whereas when we started the show and we go to like Finn Harps and the Physicals You go to the game There's no discussion About tickets Zero You go to the game On the bus There's a hood outside You buy your paper ticket And you go in I actually miss I
3: miss the stubs Because of a of Shoeboxes full of them In the gaff I actually miss the stubs. Let's be honest and Now if I look through My screenshots And my gallery of Yeah Of a, of a load of tickets there
4: Everything's digital now isn't it? Even it's our not, ticket no, collections Are not, digital It's not
3: the same It's not the same
4: also, I was looking across from, um, what's, what's that stand called? Across from Air end. The Riverside. Riverside stand. Uh, I remember the Shells home fans were there for the 2012 season. Remember we they had just come up and we had Stephen Kenny's manager? Yes. I remember, I think that's where their ultras were. Because was that remember, the year they beat us in the cup maybe? Yeah. Because I remember they had the Joe Merriman banner yeah. in that section. So again, just sort of thinking of the old days. Yeah. Um,
3: so in we so went yeah. prof and onto a dilapidated terrace um, we went up forced behind where everybody was I noticed that and then we got fucked out I was looking back and I was like that's a good idea i yeah. that no nah, it didn't last yeah. so thrown <laughs> back in with the rest of them and then it kicked off and um, first half chances oh god uh, Berkey with the first one Berkey with like Jack i I thought Jack was very good with the way he probes. Like he probes and he probes and he probes, and all of our attacks start with him.
4: And his deliveries were a pinpoint.
3: Yeah, bar the first four corners, I think. Which yeah, they, hit every a first lot of man, them didn't did be the first. Which man. is unlike came at all. But, but the cross for Gaffney's header was brilliant. Ping the ball into Borkey for four and, and a good save from Conor Cairns who is a very very big man, mm. a tall, big Scandinavian-looking thing. But um, he he was. I thought he was excellent he, he uh, commanded his line well a couple of good saves in the second half we'll talk about our other four staff chances he actually which,
4: uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> kind of telling me that the first thing he did was when he went online he said he opened up the highlights he said oh, I want to see the save from tail that I made
3: it wasn't even in it and it wasn't in the highlights
4: why didn't they put that in it he was like for fuck's sake it was
3: a like a really good <laughs> save it was a, it was, a it, was, it was blind like he totally saw it late mm. I couldn't believe
4: it. I actually thought that was their best chance of the game because uh, it I, was because I didn't see the Gaffney one clear enough. When I watched it back I was like, Oh hang on, that's a free header from Gaffney oh, yeah. and you hit the straight on.
3: Other than that, um, like it was a there was a lot of I felt in the first half like we took far too much out of it in front of the goal in and around the thirty yard area towards their goal line. It looked like we tried to pass them to death at times. Whereas you might just have a pop. It could bounce off someone's arse, it could go in top corner, keep going, make a save, get a corner out. Mm. It seemed like we overplayed it at times. We lost possession. we I think the stats were 70 30 for the first half. Yeah. We had a lot of possession. We just didn't turn it into anything. Which, they, in saying that, it was probably a better performance than most times we played out in, t- in talking It's one of those,
4: because of the form coming into it and we've drawn now, mm. I think there was a bit
3: more of a negative reaction.
4: And you know Gaffney sticks that header away And we're all thinking That's a
3: professional 1-0 win That's a lovely 1-0 win With 70% possession Mm. And a few other things But I think Jonesy said it best Um, Friend of the show Jonesy And producer Hollywood producer and Extraordinaire Soon enough He said Eventually we're going to Bounce off someone And I feel like that's coming He says eventually Mm. Someone's going to get Absolutely hopped off Just don't use the T-word And it's coming prof
4: But yeah, a lot of possession. Uh, I left the ground kind of frustrated because like you said, we were passing the death. Um, Some people talked about Shellburn, you know, oh, this is what they do. They dig in and they get men behind the ball. But no, apparently, (laughs) apparently Shells were trying to have a go at us, and they could not get out. They could not get out of their own half. They were actually trying to have a go at us. Um, Did anyone impress you? Off off an M?
3: what you said Gavin Malloy Gavin, Gavin Malloy was unbelievable he was good yeah he was unbelievable seriously other than that no one really kind of did it for me I'd Barrett like Carnsey had, had a good game maybe Tyreek I thought was okay Jack Moylan looks good mm. probably ball can't really stick to him they finished
4: strongly I suppose in the last 10 minutes maybe remember the last you know, little draw here the, the, the dull one Oh my Remember God. They had With
3: tr- the th- the Thunderbastard from
4: Cleary yeah. Remember they had three corners at the end, and we were like, "Geez, we might be lucky to get." It was similar, wasn't at it? The point here, I wouldn't say it was as bad as that. I didn't feel in too much danger, but then again, I didn't feel like we were going to score either. I just felt like I had nil nil written all over. Um, so second half, we're shooting into into their end. So Conor Kearns and goal. Who who got an easy time of
3: it, by the way, Gary he, um, compare compared to Clark all the abuse he gets I think what was Rings what was it Orwell Wanger was one of them um, Rovers Cunt a few others
4: maybe I just can't hear this because I was up more higher to the right so if there was any chance I, I didn't hear uh, Dan Fulham texts me before and he goes I'm looking forward to, to uh, turning my initial boo at Kearns to <laughs> to Urans boo again <laughs> <laughs> when, when uh, Carl stares at me uh, I remember opening the chat at halftime and Ozzie Nate was looking for Carl Kearns
3: <laughs> mixed Makes emotions, emotions.
4: Uh, before we finish off the second half review just uh, our atmosphere first of all we didn't say it on the show recently but Holmes and Derry I didn't think it was great the South stand okay the ultras kept going from start to finish they were singing start to finish but in general it was a bit flat against Derry
3: um, and then we were pushing for the Eagles against Cork it was unbelievable right so could you put it down to anything could you put it down to more new fans Who because we've got we've sold out the season tickets like mm. season tickets have been sold out in South Sand. could you put it down to that um, maybe the fans are replicating the flat performances that have been Probably prevalent on the pitch at times. There's a couple of things. I'm not worried. I'm not. I don't think this is a massive crisis. People are totally overreacting, in my opinion. And listen, if you want to, you could. You can pay your money and you can do whatever you want. I wouldn't be booing. Me but, own, but to me, me that's me two different issues, right? though. I think. Yeah. Okay. It is on the pitch.
4: Like, like when we're up in that dilapidated stand in Targa, and we've no roof. And we haven't scored in the first half. For some reason, I just expect that. Okay, we're going to be quiet. I should I expect more though? Like, can we
3: not get a few long songs going? Can we not? Wait, like, I don't know, is the is it is the, is, the, is it a mental thing where you just have no roof over and you just think it's going to be shy? Now, Berkey, let's say Berkey scores a screamer
4: in the eighth minute, like he nearly did, right? Maybe we'd have come alive then. But even Johnny War was saying in the podcast he couldn't believe how quiet we were. And I left thinking we didn't make a peep on it. Not we. A
3: peep. And I'll be honest our little section where we were I think the whack a few others tried to get it going. It, do you know what? I think it depends people just weren't into it. They were more intent on us just trying to drag a result over the line. And they just weren't interested And they're Just like I oh, just want this result done and dusted. And I'll, we'll leave it at that. Um Oh, I'm not sure, but like even even towards the end, there was a couple of Ray and Chef Ray made a good point is that Gavin Malloy had the ball and he literally, it couldn't have been a more accurate punt into the top right-hand corner. Was oh, this the rugby trolling. tactics? Yeah, the rugby tactics. They literally did that. They had a couple of decent spells of possession in between maybe 80 and 90 minutes. Punt f- into the corner, hold it up put in the touch yeah like at, at, at stages during the game we just couldn't click and like the the talent is still there still totally believe that we're gonna do well and win trophies this season it's a minor blip and compared to previous starts to, this, to, to the season it's not as bad as we think it is I think it will get better we've still a lot of things to click Four series I think we'll go on and we'll motor I, I really do I
4: think our first win, which you and I are obviously both fully expecting, will be against Pass. Not going to do it. I think our first win will. will. I've
3: picked them for the, for the LMS. I've already done it. I've locked <laughs> it in. It's Tuesday. Yeah. And I've locked it in. I, do,
4: I, do, I just don't see our first win this season being 1 0. I just see it being
3: impressive
4: and comfortable.
3: Yeah. Listen, here's how I'm going to analyse it, right? So this is my thought process on it. We've looked like scorers. A lot of the time. We scored four, should have scored more against Cork. A couple of couple of chances against Shells probably not as many as we like, but we should have we should have beat them. We have Pats who their manager has openly could now Tim worked with us in the in the DMC, like he's a for ten great, minutes. He's a great he's a great guy. Well that's the ten minutes he was on the floor <laughs> when you could find them. But he criticises players openly after a five 0 loss and I, name per, I him, yeah. personally don't think there's any way back from that. If the dressing room caught wind of it, obviously, they caught wind of it, but if they objected to it, it's very, very hard to come back from that. They went on, they lost again, they lost the Bowls. If they lose two Dublin derbies in a row, right, it's different if they're scrapping for the manager, if they're fighting for him and they're loving him and it's just not clicking and they're trying. I think he's lost the dressing room because he criticised them publicly. Mm. And they're just not willing to fight for them. the fact that they had
4: no response against Bos. They reminded they lost. Apparently, mm. they performed really badly against Bos. And
3: though. there's a lot of prominent fans who you'd you'd look at online on Twitter and you'd read their posts. And they're always in the know. They're clued in, mm. and they're not happy. And they're saying they're terrible as well. I have a feeling that we always re, we always expect a Pat's backlash when we play them. If they're not playing well, we know they're gonna come and they're gonna fucking do well in in Tallaght Stadium and play well. And it's gonna be tough. I have a feeling. I'm feeling this is a turning point in our season in our four series of games but I genuinely think that Pats will not turn up on Friday no listen I could I could end up on my face here but
4: the timing of the game is incredible isn't it the two most out of form teams it's nuts and just to tie it back into the atmosphere they have an allocation of 1200 I remember when we beat them 4-1 last season that's when we you know basically clinched the title I know it was clinched off the pitch a week later but we effectively, you know, won it that night with the four-one win. I remember their crowd were brilliant that night, and that in they ter- that in turn- threw a lot of flares on the yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. But that in turn got us going. So I think, I think this will be a cracking atmosphere. I don't think this will be comparable at all to Shelburne and Derry. I think this will be a good one. I'm gonna one.
3: say season starts on Friday.
4: Yeah, how about that? Um, but back to the. I left the, I left Talca disappointed because I just felt we were okay. Looking back in the highlights, you're like we had some good chances. But well, can I just I say felt that
3: we toothless? Oh, toothless is a good way of saying it
4: because I, as I said, I was on the right hand side and Trevor Clark came on second half, didn't he? And it was just it was some of these little overlap balls that were either overplayed. Or a couple of times, Gaffney did well and got in, but then he played across the box and there was no one
3: there. Do you know what frustrated me as well when when you talk about those wide balls? Whenever Jack or any of our central midfielders had the ball, I felt like Gary O'Neill was a little bit safe at times. I felt like he could have drove into space. And then when Jack did receive the ball from Gary and he was driving into that space. And let's say we broke and Jack is running. He he gets dangerous. He has that dangerous running at defenders. Mm. We never ever seemed to make any real dangerous space out wide. It never looked like we were going to go one on one, or it looked like we were going to get a great ball in. Like it never looked to materialize out wide. These tight pitches, yeah, through. Do you know you know what I mean? Does Those, it suit do through these tight pitches at all? I, don't I mean, think so I d- he has more. I don't want to say. I don't. Say, he's more. He's more space to t- stumble into. <laughs> or you know kind of Billy Dennehy his way over to the goal does that make yeah. sense
4: <laughs> but just on Jack it, it was fascinating like the debates Jack
3: starts all of our attacks Jack w- has been good start the season he, he has had a good start but it was fascinating after the game I was we're, we're in a couple of, we're in a
4: few different WhatsApp groups and the difference of opinions That's was, was, was staggering some people can't even agree if Jack Byrne is playing well or not yeah like the opinions the, opinion, the opinions <laughs> ra- range from awful to he's playing unbelievable
3: like i think the pro the rings end group all thought richie hell was brilliant and i was like what the fuck are they drinking in the orange or or- town house what's going on over there but that's the spice of life that's why you watch football that's why these conversations And might I add brilliant brilliant debate in the pro the rings end whatsapp group yeah. class no insults Especially, no one going at each other people yeah. t- giving their heads a wobble Especially about the Burke thing, which we'll come to in a moment. But
4: just on Jack Byrne, one thing is pissing me off with Jack Byrne. Go on. Why will he not have a shot on the edge of the box?
3: This is what we thought about the first half, because he... he you is know, that my head that view, <laughs> that view where it looks like he's open. It there are like, openings. It looks like he's got all the time in the world where he could just curl one in or do what Jack does. And you're right. He doesn't take the, 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 ch- the shot or the, take the chance, so... That's that's I don't know. It's a personal perspective for you, but in, in
4: fairness to Jack, not just him, other players could have had a pop. I yeah. just feel like
3: why not just have a go? Maybe maybe Connor will spit it and we'll get the rebound. Yeah. Um. Big big shout out to Pico as well. Pico's brilliant. Great to have him back. Oh yeah, it's great to have him back. It really was. Um. Uh, I just I uh, I think it will click eventually. Like it's this team just doesn't lose the panache and the magic that they had for the last three or four seasons. It just, it doesn't happen. We'll we'll click into gear eventually. I'm I'm not worried. Like we spoke about of off air, I'm not worried that I haven't got this sense of dread yet.
4: Oh, so no, I feel no, like no. it's no. gonna click. Listen to the the player like Gary Neville was interviewed afterwards and he says the only missing, only thing missing from the performance was putting the ball in the back of the net. So probably in the dressing room, they're highlighting the positives and they're saying after Cork and the four goals. Clean sheet was the important thing. Yeah, Let's build on that now.
3: Plus, what I will say is that, Joey, you're going to... You, you highlighted a really great quote and from Joey and his interview was brilliant. But that is probably one of the hardest working performances I've ever seen from any team. They were 10, 11 men behind the ball nearly every attack. They were throwing bodies on the line. Luke Bourne mm-hmm. was excellent alongside Gavin Loy. They really, really worked hard. They Like, I mean... We we have a Joey quote now in a while, but um,
4: yeah, it's a tough, uh, the old cliche, tough place to go. But especially needing our first win of the season, Talca wasn't an easy task. No,
3: Brad's went the opposite um, way as well. With subs, didn't he, bro? Normally, he would have one at, oh, a couple of hooks. I predicted two or three. A half yeah. time. Well, first sub was
4: obviously forced into that. The one. first sub was uh, Grace, but the first you know attacking sub was on eighty minutes, and then Bert got run out in the last few minutes. Uh, Bert as we as we discovered has been managing uh, groin injuries oh, it's never good isn't it? So Leads to other things he was an unused sub for the last couple of weeks but uh, I suppose Brasler has done that before he has put unfit players on the bench which then does lead to players you know especially like when you're losing to, to Derry and you're far too down to Cork naturally you look to the bench and you're like well this is Brasler's bench why isn't he using the bench but like I say, he has done this before, he's not, he's not willing to risk certain players if they are carrying injuries. Yeah. Um, Browser actually said post-match that the fans were fantastic. I
3: mean, he's a sense of humour. Uh, anyway, um, I like that, at least he has a sense of humour. No, we weren't fantastic. Uh, we were piss poor and so were the ultras, that's being honest. I felt like that, nothing, nothing clicked, nothing clicked on the pitch, nothing clicked off the pitch and it's, it's, like I said season starts on Friday and yeah, that's just being well, that's just being honest that's calling Spade a Spade the fact that Derry dropped points as
4: well was it did comfort us a little we were like ah well we're still I know, I know Bo's at top of the league but at least we just thought you know uh, it's nothing has changed up or down
3: uh, yeah so Prof that's the fans pretty much it we can like there can be a lot of spoiled and fickle fans and um, like fair enough. If you want to pay a few quid and you want to abuse them, fair enough. If that's what you want to do. But it's it's not something I do personally. I don't boo when I don't feel it's justified. If it's justified, fair enough. But I think we're four or five games in, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't justify uh, being booed at this stage. Well, I'm annoyed by, you can be frustrated with, with performances,
4: and yeah. you can fi- hear, hear your opinions and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm annoyed by what happened with Burke. I'm annoyed by a couple of things I read in Twitter, but. I'm more annoyed that that then becomes a story. I'm annoyed then that I put on L.O.I. Central and they're talking... They use the word restless. And I'm like, hang on. Every Robbers fan I've spoken to is not restless.
3: Absolutely not. And it's unfair and it's lazy journalism, possibly. Because you're looking at the surface and you're not delving deep into it. That's it. Is that just modern day social media?
4: That, that is modern day The loudest yeah. moanly voices then become the story yeah the Paddy Morphys um, yeah we've we've a quote from and saw in the moment um, or is it Joey next game Joey, playing Joey. Yeah, no, it
3: has to be Joey I mean yeah. this this is this kind of sums Joey up so this is Joey O'Brien
6: it's something that we really focus on as a staff is defending crosses and obviously set plays. is a huge thing especially defending set players considered way too many last year so it's something that the, the group is weird of but listen you can talk about it all you want and do video and do it out on the training pitch it's all about what happens out in the match, you know, and it's just a desire sometimes between you and your mark or it just not happening, and just having that mentality that this ball has come into the box, I'm cleared and there's no way this is going in. And, and ultimately that drives it, I think, from a lot of players and that's sometimes what it comes down to. It's not really what happens on a, in the training session at half eleven on a Thursday, you know what I mean? All that really matters is Friday night under the lights when a corner comes in the box and corner after corner, are you going to stand up and take it, you know? And we did
5: bit of
3: quality at the end as well, Tariq has the shot, I'm not sure you'd know Manus very well from being a Rovers for a long
6: time. There's probably not many keepers in the league that were pulled off that decent. Ah yeah, listen, he's top quality keeper, but as you said, listen, from our point of view, I think from the attacking end, we definitely have to get better, you know, we have to improve. But the lads have to believe in themselves, I think, I think we have really quality players, young players in here, they just have to show that bit of quality a little bit more and just show a calmness and, and a composure, you know, and just show out, in possession, sorry, that same level of quality that they're showing defensively, you know.
3: Um yeah. listen Ah, listen, I'll listen. <laughs> any boxes
4: I miss him I do miss him
3: I do miss Joey <laughs> Um. God yeah so he makes a lot of sense in that body's on the line and you win your pair. Mm. I was actually trying to talk to Jaden about about just improving his game and kind of, like he's football mad he loves it but there's no as a father you see things that you think you can get better with and you think you can help improve your son. And every every the father thinks they're a coach. 99% of the time, I let the coach do the coaching. It's not my place. But sometimes, I'll be on the side of the pitch. I'm just going, ching, you Get <laughs> fucking over it. Like, do this. But, with that, that's what I keep saying to him. I said, win your own battle. Just win that battle. And then, hopefully, yeah. the other lads will see that and it'll fall into place. It's a, it's a great clip. It really is. Yvette Saul though. Ed, uh, the ever-quotable Ed Saul. With um, some some boys' words on the chat, so we're going to read this one out, and it's the one positive we can take from last night is we kept a clean sheet, and we looked solid at the back, and shells were set up for a draw. Well organised team, especially in Tulka. We do look a shadow of ourselves at the moment, and it's worrying. And our away form has been poor the last year. People are entitled to their opinions, but telling is a tree in a raw manager how to run his team and tactics is bizarre, which is, I totally agree with Prof. Yeah, we have no divine right to win games and leagues every year. Sure, look at Liverpool who were a kick of a ball away from winning the Champions League and the Premier League last season. They're now going through a sticky patch and that sums up football. Dundalk had problems going for four in a row themselves. Celtic couldn't get the ten in a row and flopped. It's not excuses, it's just a reality of how quick it can change. If our fans don't stick together and get behind the team, we are in trouble. Cannot stress that enough. If we do not stick together and get behind the team, shit will fall apart quicker. Than than you even know it. But he said. But then Ed continues on. I don't know what it is, but us supporters have been very flat this season. The atmosphere hasn't been great at all at games. Don't think we have even sang the great, keep the green flag flying high. Most of the fans in the country. That's fine. Don't abuse our own players who have given us the best years supporting this club. So um, excellent words from uh, from Ed. And can't echo them enough. I think he sums it up. Nails it in one.
4: Yeah, there was also a shorter post from Jason Gaffney, which uh, I'm just paraphrasing here, but he's, he basically said, If you think that's bad on Friday night, imagine being Brazzer or a family member of the last two years, and yet still he never let us down week yep. in, week out.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
4: Um, that brings us on to the Burke incident, which we're only talking about one or two people here, aren't we?
3: I don't think it was even, if it was even was I think it was one bloke. One, one, one bloke, and Burke, we react to it's a non event. It's an odd event but I'm
4: embarrassed that it happened though. Yeah,
3: I'm embarrassed I'm that about but I I when I was walking out of talk, I was thinking to myself Well Borky's obviously pissed off that someone said that because it's not how he feels. Hmm. Someone mentioned something or said something to him and he's thinking, The fuck, like that's not me, that's not this team, that's not Bradzer. Hmm. So more so defending the team and how they actually are acting and well, how but- they
4: are trying to perform. He was called a lazy so and so. Yeah, and he reacted. Uh, no, I sympathise with Berkey, um, especially if that person was needling him the whole game. Yeah, I do sympathise that player in the heat of moment in the heat of moment can react, but just the image of him being held back. I thought it was extremely embarrassing, yeah.
3: and it should not happen. It shouldn't happen. And once again, this is the different arguments and different sides of the perspective that you can come from. Is that as a professional footballer, maybe he should have shown some restraint, yeah, as well. So there is two sides to the coin here. It depends what one you look at, but it's a minor, minor issue. It was mm. a bit of like I liked the fact that he had a bit of, you know, I was like, "Fuck, where were you fucking twenty minutes ago showing that for you?" You know, <laughs> that type of thing. I was like, "Okay, yeah. but." It's a non-event mm-hmm. in my opinion, but then the and a little skirmish from a player who's frustrated with the start of the season, more so same as us, frustrated as well that they're not winning, they're not performing and something is said to him, you're probably going to react. So listen, it could have not been, condoning it but these things happen. It could have been
4: a non-event and just a 5 second thing that happened post match, but then but then this absolute moron posts a video of Sean Hoare With his hands up against the fence. Saying we'll need you this season. Which is actually a good message from Sean. Honestly. We do not need the whole internet seeing this
3: video. Why would you post this? When I was right beside Sean when this happened. So he came over and he just looked. He looked. What's the word? Concerned and not not frightened but like. What's going on, lads? He, that's what he said. He said, "What's going on? What's going on? We need you more than anything now." He said, "It's a clean sheet. We start now. We start and we go again." He said, "We can build on this." Like I, I, I felt so much admiration from because he came over to the Bay and Mob, you could say, which might yeah. be an exaggeration, and he pretty much pleaded. He said, "Lads, listen, we're gonna get there. It's there's no need to react like that." And I get, I get it from his perspective as well. It shows he give a fuck. He could have just walked off, in the dressing room got fucked. Him unpaid. Don't need to. Don't Especially need. Especially because, as we said, this is one person. Might I say that? That's the, I've never ever ever been involved in a situation like that ever, and it was fucking surreal. It was nuts. Were you right down there? Really? Right beside him. Yeah. He was talking to. I think it was Jason Maloney's brother. Um, who else? It was me, Jason Maloney's brother. Hef, darling Hef. Few of us just having a conversation, huddled around, and it was nuts. It was like the fucking Ultras storming the Italian training ground in Lazio or something, you know? I love how when you came into the ground,
4: you decided your vantage point was going to be the very top. But then you ended up at the very
3: bottom. More so that I needed a piss. And <laughs> a, but, um, yeah, no, it was. Well, it was some admiration from Sean. And he's such a top bloke and a great pro. And he just wanted the yeah. problem to disappear, so...
4: I would have been fine with that as a moment if it was... Just between us and the fans and the players but then bleeding the the indo poster
3: it goes viral. Yeah, and l let, let's just say that I haven't even spoke about the fucking dope who put it up online. What why would you do that? Are you trying to get props or fucking kudos from someone? What is the purpose? When he uploaded that, what did he think was gonna happen? Take a step back for a second and think what benefit is it gonna have of any of anything at all? To upload or send this video on to anyone. Why would you do that? He's been
4: absolutely slaughtered he? can hasn't fuck
3: off. He? It's, it's a yeah. mental thing to do. It's a mental
4: thing to do. I just. I can't. Not, not 1% not of me can understand.
3: Why. It's baffling. It's like one of those what? weirdos that films accidents. Or just fucking things that you should be doing other things when. Instead of having your phone in your hand. you know what I mean? Ridiculous. It's just. Yeah. Because. Some
4: fans, some opposition fans will try to make a mountain out of a molehill. And, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, talk about their attendances on the Monday night. Even though that's a mad thing to have a pop of robbers, at attendances um, of all things. They
3: don't want smoke with that.
4: They'll pick on certain phrases that Braz will use and all this. But this is the one thing where I am just thought like, wow, we are actually a laughing stock here for one night. Because, you know, the news cycle, yeah. things move on. But for that moment of time I thought we have made ourselves a laughing stock here. Ourselves. Yeah. Because of one dollar.
3: And genuinely yeah. there's not much banter or crack out there that will offend me as a Rovers fan. Like if you sat down and you had a roasting session, someone goes, Homeless, Louis Cohen, or this mm. and that There's there's very little that could irk me as as a Rovers fan that annoyed me. Oh big time. That really hit me. And I was thinking to myself That's totally Totally avoidable And unnecessary It's Unwanted Fucking attention But we're giving him
4: Our attention now So We actually talked about this game Way more than I thought we would yeah.
3: um, Someone sums it up Very
4: nicely uh, It's a 7 point gap With 31 games to play um, Which is very logical But then you open up The Herald And Aidan Morris Has a headline Along the lines of It may already be too late
3: For title hopes Are you surprised? Are you surprised at all? That's a
4: mental he head is, like,
3: They'll just pile it on, no, you know? people
4: were having a go at Aiden, because he's a Bowes fan. I've actually found him quite level-headed. So I was surprised by that.
3: No, I think this is a case um, of kicking us when we're down now at this stage. It's been a while since we've been down. It's been a while since anybody had this opportunity to actually do it. No,
4: generally, I have found him to be, for the most part, an unbiased reporter over the years. Whereas, compared to like your man... Eamon Sweeney or Sligo It's just ridiculous boys (laughs) Um, The Pines after Actually before I got the bus home I got the bus to Camarge And then I walked up to the Pines But uh, I was talking to Owen Walsh On the way to the bus stop And he goes goes, Do you know Prof Prof, We haven't won a game since I became a member What? We haven't won a game (laughs) He he whips out his members card He goes there it is Prof We haven't won a game And I said give me that now give (laughs) me that this (laughs) is I was going to take it off and I was like hang
3: on did he proceed to predict the next 4 or 5 games
4: (laughs) I was like you probably need to get in on Friday so I'll get back to him Uh, the point is after uh, the senator is very very optimistic he feels we just need a bit of luck a bit something to go our way
3: he he always is it's not Um, not a case where you have to be pessimistic it's not like that at all having
4: said that I do have a couple of horrific stats for you Gerr oh uh, I think I said last week, didn't I? This is our worst start since 2005, when we were relegated. <laughs>
1: uh,
4: whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's that? Can we make that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. This is our worst start since 2005. Yeah. What's the one after that? Um,
4: if we were to not win on Friday. Say the, say the word. Lose. If we were to lose. No, no, if we just don't win, as no. in we're winless then it's the worst there since 1995 so uh five league games without a win we've actually done this a few times in the tally year we've actually done this five times uh we did it at the end of 2009 into 20- 2010 under michael Neal. remember the bad start in 2010
3: michael Neal. yeah The season after we lost on goal difference
4: no, the season we won the league, season. 2010. Yeah. We made, it, we made a bad start. Yeah. So I'm just counting the end of 2009 into <sighs> 2010 there. Um, There was twice under Crotty, five games out of the win. Once under Brad's, actually 2018. And that was like, you know, that was that horrific week. The ball was 99th minute winner. Oh, <laughs> Lost the Bray in the Monday. Six games. Was that the 4-2 against Bray? No, Not no. Just, it was just a one-nil Bro. defeat. Um, six games without a win now in all competitions. Um, it was the worst since 2018, the same spell I'm talking about. We were knocked out of the League Cup by Longford. Mm-hmm. We ended up ending that by destroying Cork at home 3 0. But now it's seven without a win after Bray. So this is actually our worst run of game, our worst win- winless streak since 2008. We didn't win the last nine games of 2008 so uh, despite my positivity there the stats are horrific but you know what they're saying here lies damn lies and statistics yes
3: yes 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 right so we're going to move on go on top of the ladies a 6-0 win over Treaty and Tala and their first uh, home game of the season one change in the lineup: garganing Gargan in for OK and then goals from Alana McAvoy for Kelly Lauren Kelly and a hat-trick from Jamie Thompson from the bench prof
4: yes sprung from the um, bench to score a hat-trick I was with Justin Mason and Paul Thomas. We were trying to think of the last hat-trick and it just occurred to me. I was like, oh yeah, Berkey against Sligo last year. He came off the bench and got a hat-trick.
3: Yeah. And I was all for going to these games until Mm. I was dragged to retail hell.
4: (laughs) You sent in a voice now about an hour before our kickoff. It was like, I'm just trying to find
3: parking in Ikea here. And we are all like, I thought you were going to the game. Oh, God. The only thing is, I, I got a, I got a hot dog at the end of it, so it was like a little child <laughs> and some chocolate, which is the new, actually that's the one we have to get next, that Swedish chocolate, from, uh, it's got dime in it, oh, marabou, that's what it's called, I do, I do like so dime. that was the only thing, but, uh, um, no I have to get out because Moia's been talking about it. Yeah, uh, 814
4: crowd, considering the horrendous weather, that, that is not too bad for a start, for the first home game of the season, Um. Could have been a lot more than six. Uh, Larkin and Zambra had great opportunities that they shot wide. Apparently
3: the treaty goalkeeper kept them in it. Mm.
4: Larkin was subbed to have time. It's a bit of an injury. Uh, hopefully she's fit for shells away she's though like because the, that's that's the... Oh, it's the big one. Yeah, it's the big one. She's, she's the, big, the big prospect, isn't she? Yeah. Um, when the crowd was announced, uh, Daniel on the PA said that it was a 2022 record, Gareth. And t- I, have, I haven't bespoke there. Is, is that a he said, dig at the scarf as 20, well? Uh, that's what I was about to say. I think he was draped in his 2022 <laughs> member scarf. Signing checks with his 2022 on the date. Don't know if people sign checks anymore. But, um, every time we scored, we played a Desi Baker tune. Do, 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 okay. Which was quite funny because two days earlier, I had interviewed Desi Baker. And I was asking him about that song and the origins and all, and
3: so that kind of made me laugh. So the origins of it are probably not too uh, for air, for airing on the show, are they? No,
4: no, there's a bit of a story to it. Um, so, yeah. Um, Samantha Library uh, like, prof.
3: Yeah, call from Samantha Samantha Lebreri, um, a resident newscaster and Rovers fan. Watching my six year old girl hand in hand with Anya O'Gorman leading out Rovers Women for the first game back in Stadium was one of the high points of almost three decades of being a Shamrock Rovers fan. The footballer players suggest a bright future for this team. That's a nice message, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I like that from Love Man. Um yeah, no, you gotta go to these home games, Gary. First of all, no cues. No cues getting in. No cues to the bathroom. Very enjoyable.
3: We're going to start running buses. Away oh, days. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, um, yeah, like I said, Joe was with me. And um, Paul Thomas. Um, they were kind of reminiscent about the RDS days. In that they used to go to the reserve matches the day after. And we were basically doing what they did in the 90s. You'd, you'd come up on the Saturday to get the goss. So... No disrespect to the, women's, to the women's football. I was watching the game and some very good football on display. Some good goals scored. But just sort of in the breaks and playing stuff you're kind of getting the goss. And you're talking about last night at Talca. You know that sort of way? Who's injured? Who's there? That? That's not yeah. bad. Do
3: you know what? That's not a bad place to kind of shoot a flat as well, is it? So
4: yeah. trick for Jamie Thompson. She's one of our two uh, academy graduates in the team. team the Her other one is Orla O'Mahony. And... Uh, of course, one of my tasks there, in this is my first live game of women's football. I had to, I had to find out Gare. Can the keepers jump? In spite of what Layton Doyle says, can they jump? And sure enough, my first live game of women's football. There was a chip. There was there was a. No, it's a chip. Okay, I misspoke about the minus one. That was a lob. This is a chip.
3: Yeah. It's, yeah it's not because apparently you can't ping a ping no. is a pass so you can't ping it over a keeper no. into the net that's a pass well, It was corrected by Carol Stafford not arguing with him Yeah, I've seen the man kick a ball I think he knows the stuff um, so it wasn't yeah it's not a thing because it's not enough yeah it's a chip it's, it's a chip No, oh, very impressive Uh, 20 minute hat trick by uh, Jamie
4: Thompson here off the bench she's only uh, 18 this is only her second game in senior football and she scores a 20 minute hat trick including that audacious chip for the third goal so all in all a good good day uh, I'll definitely be going to Great the next start one
3: start of the season yeah yep. right we're going to make a plan that you and I will go to this next game Maya will come she'll get chips and ice creams <laughs> and stuff like that unfortunately the next we'll game is a
4: Tuesday, uh Wednesday night I'm sure we could sort something prof so I'm sure, we could sort. Just something. keep that in mind. It's not in herbs or anything, is it? We run the bus. I think it's against Wexford, who are one of the title favourites. A little drop so.
3: of wine down in there, uh, in Mr. Wallace's bar. I think that's the home to Home to Wexford. Home to I think they yeah. closed the wine bar down there anyway. But we have a Paddy Flannelly prof at East Down Pod says he's home from Alabama for nine days. Three very entertaining matches in Tata Stadium. Seventeen goals scored. Women look the biz. Really enjoyed being there for history. Great to run into the prof. Tell yeah. me about your... Yeah, I had little a
4: good chat with Paddy at halftime. Um, good to see him home. And uh, As he says there, he got, got plenty of goals for his oh, money yeah. in the, the three games. Um It'd be a lot to cram in in the nine days, wouldn't it? Just everything. Yeah. Everything. You told me a funny story that he, um, he brought a friend to the dairy game. And he said, this person had not been to a Robbers game since the 1984 FAI Cup final Stop. against UCD, which we lost. Which he lost. So we lost both games. I so, don't know he
3: was in going for that, wasn't he? So he's
4: basically saying, like, you can fuck off now. Jeez. It's like my mate who I brought, his own, the only game I ever brought him to was the collapse against Sporting Fingo. And I was like, you are never coming back Brian? here. It's Brian. Remember that?
3: Yeah. I still remember that. I still know those vivid moments in your life that you remember. <laughs> I still remember that goal going in.
4: Imagine that being your only
3: game at Robbers. <laughs> That's a mental stat. Yeah, so all very positive and inclusive, Prof. But meanwhile, Twitter exploded with the Bose women's manager sent off today. Okay, so this is a quote, all right? This is a tweet. Remember that. This is my words. So the Bose women's manager was sent off today for calling Noelle a dog. And a fat piece of shit, in case anyone wants to leak this to the press. Um, that's Twitter. So, we've heard all sorts about it. But it's not great for the game, is it?
4: Apparently, it was it the goal scorer ran over to the manager and got in his face and all.
3: I think, yeah. Um, I, I but think still,
4: that is that is a horrific thing to say to a player on the pitch. Yeah,
3: There's a couple of um, other reports of what was said as well. But it's, uh, it's not something you want creeping into the game, is it? No. It's foul. It's foul, isn't it? Imagine, I know, I imagine, imagine your missus coming home yeah. and saying, do you want to hear what I was called at work today. You know, it's... it's I do funny. I do love that it happened to Bowes
4: and no, no other club. Um, I'm doing the team news now with Cody O'Neill each week. I reckon that man has never sworn in his life. He's is never <laughs> using any of those words you just said.
3: No, no, I doubt it, I doubt it. He does rub people up the wrong way, he robbing their players, but... Yeah. I doubt it, yep. Probably next up, we've Shelburne at Talca Park. Anyway, Saturday, 2 o'clock. And it's live on TGA Cair. So, um... Mm-hmm. Great coverage as well, apparently. Yeah, uh, coverage starts at uh,
4: 1.40. So tune in for that one. Um, I'm, or I'm, or if you can get to the game yourself, cheer on the ladies, do so.
3: I'm um, going to say minimum a thousand people at that easy this is a grudge match yeah abby larkin center of attention striker supreme up top banging one in against our old club hopefully but uh prof now we have uh next up we have anya o'gorman and young hannah dunn
7: we're joined today by rovers women's captain and ireland centurion anya o'gorman welcome to the podcast anya but more importantly welcome to shamrock rovers pre-season is out of the way and in the first league game of the season a 2-1 win against Sligo and you scored a late winner perfect timing for this interview is there no better feeling?
2: Yeah obviously um, it was a relief to get the the winner I think on Saturday against Sligo um, get off to a good start it's the into the league it's a results business isn't it so three points on the board and um, a difficult game away to Sligo I think they put it up to us in, in front of their home crowd
7: Our first Premier Division game in nine years
2: how did you think our first competitive game went overall? Yeah, look, I think the main thing was that we got the three points. I think we started the game well, and we created lots of chances in the first half, and um, we just didn't probably weren't rootless enough in the in the final third as well. And um, I think Sligo then came out in the second half and put it up to us, and we're on the back foot for a little while, and then it was a free kick that. Broke through the wall um, and went into the net, but we showed good character, I think, and good fight and our quality shone through in the end and we continued to, to create chances and fortunately I love uh, the great cross by Leo O'Leary and I managed to get my head on it.
7: With plenty of medals in your locker with p what made you come to a brand new team of Shamrock Rovers?
2: Yeah, look, I think obviously um, I'm excited by the Shamrock Rovers project, the professionalism. Um, the men's side is one of the best clubs in the country. Um, sorry not clubs I mean teams in the country um, so just to come on board it was an exciting I think it was maybe a freshness I needed a time and career and a World Cup year with access to, to train with the boys was obviously um very important for me as well personally so look it was obviously a tough decision pre-men's been a, a great club throughout the years and uh, historic in, in women's football and won a lot of titles there um, but sometimes um it's good to, for a new change and a new challenge
7: you were given the captain's armband by Collie O'Neill and the lucky number 13 shirt. Is that a number you like?
2: Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was obviously honoured that Collie picked me as captain. Um, we would have met quite a while back um, in the campaign and um, I think being captain is probably a job I enjoy doing. Um, I'm not particularly a vocal leader. I think I more like to to lead by doing, and I think it's important that there's good team spirit and good um team morale, and um everyone's working on the same page. And so yeah, that's the the captaincy. Sorry, what was your first question? I can't remember. There. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, this is where I was going to go. So um yeah, look, we all sat down to pick our squad numbers. I think at the the start of the season, heading off to Cliftonville for our first uh pre-season friendly and we were trying to decide he was he was going to be what number so I was originally uh swaying towards in uh, number 11 but um Leo Leary really wanted it and I thought it was important that she was able to take the jersey and play number 13 for Ireland at the moment so I thought that was um quite fitting and everyone else seemed to kind of run away from the number but my birthday is on the 13th of May as well so why not
7: you and Stephanie Zambra will bring international experience and an understanding of playing together being teammates since you were teenagers, but this is a new team with an average age of 21. What are our ambitions this year and is it realistic to expect a new squad to be competing at the top end of the table?
2: Yeah, look, it still sounds strange when you say Stephanie Zamorin instead of Stephanie Roach, but uh, yeah, we've obviously been around the block and um, I think we've got a good mix of youth and experience, um, a lot of winners in the change room, got a re- lot of really good talent coming through, um, really good attitude um and they're well able to apply themselves to a task. Look, I think it's going to take us time to gel as a team, grow and develop into what Colly O'Neill is trying to get us to achieve on the pitch in our, in our style of play yet. So um, I'm not writing that enough yet. So we'll just like take it one game at a time.
7: There were four challengers for Shelburne's crown last year and now most people reckon it could be five with Rovers tipped as favourites after ruffling some feathers in the transfer market. Are those outside expectations inevitable for this club?
2: Yeah, look, I think um, it's been a mad year in the Women's um, League of Ireland with all the chopping and changing during the the break, I suppose, the winter break. But look, I think it's something that was probably needed and spiced things up and I think it's gotten a lot of attention um, from outside in the media that that the game didn't get before and obviously um, Rovers coming into the league as well and probably taking a a pick of players from from a few clubs. Um, I think everyone's going to want to beat us and everyone's got we're not really very well liked I don't think at the moment So, but look I think that's a, a position we can uh, thrive on and, and excel in. Jamie Thompson and Orla O'Mahony were our academy
7: graduates on show in the last game but a lot more will come true. Will Rovers set a standard of Roadstone with facilities and coaching where the, all the men's and women's players and staff develop and learn from each other every day?
2: Yeah look I think there's a really good vibe always over in Roadstone from the underage boys teams and and girls teams and everyone has this really nice respect and um, there's a real togetherness I think in the club but everyone holds themselves in a really high regard and, and really holds standards and everyone wants to learn and grow and develop right from the coaching staff down to each and every player I think at the club and it's great to see, I think Jamie Thompson came on in the Sligo game and was able to make an impact and all our money in centre midfield as well so obviously there's a good high performance culture there at the club which will We'll continue for a long time and I'm some top, top quality players and the likes of Lauren McCabe coming through.
7: Where did you grow up who did you first play football for and where did your love of football come from?
2: Yeah good question I actually get asked this quite a lot so I'm obviously from Scary, and um, my brother played football he's a year and a half older than me so he used to go down to the bog meadow every Saturday morning to watch the training sessions and when, once there was odd the numbers at the end of the matches I, I might have got the call up so and was down there waiting, anticipating every week and eventually it kind of came to norm. Jerry Barton let me join in every every Saturday morning, so or afternoon. Sometimes it used to be out in Bray Ball too. So look, that's where my love came for football was probably for my brother. We used to play out in the garden, get all the neighbors, all our cousins out, and um, to play as much much as we could as well. And then my brother Went on to play at the older age group and I was fortunate and scary that I was welcomed into the, the boys teams and, and treated very well and given, given the same opportunities and I'm still very good friends with some of the guys I grew up with.
7: Who have been the biggest influences in your career?
2: Yeah, you know, when you think about this you probably have to look back only when you're, what would they call me? I call myself old, they call me an experienced player and um, I think your parents have a really big influence on where you end up um, obviously when I was under 14 so I wasn't able to play in the Wicklow League anymore and my parents used to drive me in, in and out to Dublin to Stella Maris um, nearly every night of the week they collect me from school so to me yeah, they have been a big influence they never pushed me it was always through my own will that I wanted to do but I always got the full support and then obviously I think Tony Pouch as well was a big factor in that bridging gap between um, playing with the boys playing with the girls with the, the Wicklow Ladies um, Soccer Academy as well so um, without all them people I don't think I will be where I am today
7: What was Olivia O'Toole like to watch in the flesh?
2: Yeah amazing I think um, Olivia O'Toole when I went to Richmond Park my dad bought me There's probably only a couple of hundred people in the stand she came in off the bench and just banged in a few goals and that was the moment I think I realised I could uh, play for Ireland um, what a player um, obviously quite small in stature but could leap and um, above any defender, had a great eye for goal and I just remember my first training session out with the senior or trial, you might like to call it, one Christmas out in day well and I was playing on the right wing and I was obviously doing doing my very best, she came over to me and just said like they're great crosses, you're putting into the box and I think that as a young player gives you a big boost.
7: When you think back to being a sixteen year old in the Ireland setup, making your debut in two thousand and six in front of a tiny crowd at Richmond Park, can you believe the massive interest now and the growth of the women's
2: game? Yeah, it's amazing isn't it where we've came from obviously 2006 couple hundred people watching in Richmond Park and very little visibility no TV coverage very little press and obviously to the stand that we made in 2017 and probably big turning point in improving conditions and give us a, a platform to form to where we are now with global brands like Sky coming in all the media attention RTÉ filling out Tallaght Stadium Talking about the Aviva, um, it's amazing, really. And then, obviously, um, the pinnacle, um, qualifying for the World Cup.
7: Katie Taylor played football with you all those years ago.
2: Are you still friends now? Yeah, so, um, I actually, Katie Taylor, yeah, because, obviously, she's a a weak old woman as well and probably Ireland's best ever athlete. I remember going out, I was playing on this college interposed tournament and we played p-mount out in a friendly out in p-mount hospital and she was playing against us and i remember just running into her and i felt like i hit a brick wall and i was like oh here you go here you are welcome to to senior football i suppose um yeah look i think katie paved the way in wicklow and um, playing football with the, with the lads as well and kind of normalize it as well and gave me the opportunities um when i was growing up and probably have very little contact now but if I did see her out and about we, we would say hello and have a little chat.
7: You have well over 100 caps for Ireland what has been the best stadium you've played in?
2: Yeah good question Um, I actually got asked this the other day how many people we've played in and um, we played in Giant Stadium in a friendly against the USA one time so that was a uh, that was probably pretty special at the time and um, I think yeah, nothing's gonna top that opening game in the the World Cup against Australia in front of the 80,000.
7: Does playing in Tallis Stadium for Ireland compare to that?
2: Playing in Tallis Stadium, I think, is very special. I think, obviously, we've got our home fans there, your family and friends are around, and there's this real uh, good relationship we have with our fans and see how excited all the, the young boys and girls get with getting their signatures and, and their selfies. And then, I remember, I think it was before the Australia game, we were there and just after the equal pay deal and you could hear people um singing a Veen. So, um, yeah, I think uh Tal at the moment is the, is the home of women's football and it has a special place, but I think you probably mean regards to Chamark Rovers, do you? <laughs> yeah, buzzing to play there this, this week as well and I think we can get that, re- revisit that same atmosphere that there is for the women's international games.
7: And are you hoping Rovers fans come out and replicate that in the league, particularly against the
2: first league in the first game against Treaty on Saturday, to come and show their support. Absolutely. Um, I think I was at a dinner before Christmas. Um, and there's a few few Shamrock Rovers fans there, and all the season ticket holders can come to the to the women's game. So I hope they'll show their support in that regard. And um, it'll be a family event, and lots of boys and girls will be out, um, watching us play as well, and we'll have that good interaction um with the fans and it'll be a, a proper match day experience and for us as players it's also us to provide an entertaining game as well I suppose and, and do our job on the pitch.
7: You started out as a striker and still score plenty of goals in domestic football, but play a more defensive
2: role at international level. What position do you prefer? Yeah, striker. The glory position, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was kinda um go back into defence right back, right wing back, left back, um, later on in my career and I, Think it's a role I I don't mind doing either, any anything to be on the pitch and do want to help the team as well and um but I do think I, I prefer to play higher in the pitch when the opportunity arises and create goals and goal scoring chances as well. Who's the best player you've ever played with? Um easy answer, Olivia O'Toole. I think um I mentioned her earlier in the interview and spoke highly of her, but I think she's been one of Ireland's best ever um goal scorers, male and female. And against? Carly Lloyd, American sentiment fielder, absolute powerhouse athlete, great footballer, and um, probably has achieved everything in the game also. Barry McCarthy from Sky, a friend of the
7: show, tells us that you have a really impressive jersey collection. Describe it for our listeners and what are your favourite collector's items?
2: Yeah, Barry um, made me go, I was doing a thing for Sky and um, he said he wanted a few jerseys or whatever. So yeah, there's a box of jerseys in the attic and first game I ever started was against Germany and Bridget Prince was playing for Germany who was world player of the year and I exchanged jerseys for her so I have everything from the f- my first international jersey I ever wore at under fifteen skills. schools um, and I kept at least one of each type of jersey I ever got through in my career fortunately enough now towards the end of career we actually get written on it what match it is and the date so um, all them jerseys are, are pretty special and um, my hundred cap jerseys hanging up on the wall in my mum and dad's house. I'll probably frame the jersey we wore today. Um, to qualify for the World Cup against Scotland. What's the best goal you've ever scored? The best goal I've ever scored. Um. Yeah, look, I think it's more not it was the best goal is probably what is an important goal. Um, at the time and. Um, in your career as well I have no Puskas nomina- nominations like Stephanie so uh, look uh, sometimes you score nice goals but they don't really mean a lot I remember at the time scoring against Portugal in the European Championship Um, scored the opening goal and that got us a really important three points at the time. time um, and then Ben Campbell unfortunately went off soon after that and I was redeployed to right back so so that's a goal that always um, stands out in my memory. And fortunately, we didn't go on to, to qualify out that campaign, but it kept us in the running.
7: The World Cup is only a little over four months away and it will be a huge occasion for the girls in green. How do you think we can do in Australia and New Zealand?
2: Yeah, I think we have this great belief amongst the squad and the sky is our limits. Um, we're no illusions that it's going to be difficult, obviously. You look at the World Cup and you're looking at the draw and you're sitting there going like, you not, there's not going to be any easy groups at the World Cup and the opening game against Australia in their home stadium um, is going to be a difficult task, but I think we're, we're looking forward to that challenge and then the next game against Canada and the, who are Olympic champions at the moment, obviously a tough one. And then Nigeria, probably the best fourth seeds at the moment. So look, I think we just have to take it game by team and focus on the, the preparation at the moment is it
7: true your earliest memory of a men's world cup was 2002 when ronaldo inspired brazil to glory and ireland last reached the tournament with the buzz of getting to the last 16
2: yeah i can remember um amazing i remember dressing up in a green white and orange face paint on me had my irish blow up uh hammer and just the buzz the mornings before the game like it was like christmas morning really and um, waiting to be out playing football all day waiting for the games and suppose, the, the tension of the, the penalty shootout. Yeah, so that was a, a big, big moment.
7: Hopefully now repeat of Saipan this summer. Whose side was 13-year-old Anya on
2: back then, Roy or Mick? Oh, controversial. But look, I think similar to what the women did in 2017 when we all stood, we stood as a collective. I think back then Roy came probably was at the forefront in the stadium and looking for better conditions, but he just put his head out as an individual and I would assume that the men's international team has benefit fitted massively from them. Obviously big fan of Roy Keane, um as a Man United fan as well as an as an Ireland fan and what a player player he is. So um but still look how the team managed to, to come together and go under their McCarthy. So I'm gonna sit in the fence. <laughs>
7: You did some punditry on RTE for Qatar last year. Do you enjoy that side of the game and did it increase the appetite for the spectacle you'll soon
2: be a part of? Yeah, I suppose it kind of made it more real that the next uh, World Cup that's going to take place, we're going to be there, Ireland, they're going to be playing. Um, I don't think the tournament's ever the same when there's not an, an Irish team in it. Um, I do enjoy that aspect of the game. Obviously, it takes you to sit back and look and analyse things and it poses a, a different challenge.
7: Aside from the World Cup, you've become a semi-professional for the first time in your domestic career and you're a new mum now as well. Is this an exciting year for women's football and for you personally, on and off the pitch?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think that there's no better time in women's football for the league to get that professional status and a team to turn semi-professional and hopefully with the the long-term plan of having a full-time professional team and many more clubs um, in the country as well, and then yeah, little James as well keeps us on our toes, keeps us busy, and um, he'll be flying out to Australia too. So hopefully we've been doing proud.
3: So Hannah and Anya, bro, um, great stuff, you A bit of an old talker. How feelings you feel will be? Yeah, I mean,
4: I kind of I'd seen bits of her talking on, on YouTube and stuff, and obviously with being the first home game, um, a lot of the girls were. In the press, but yeah, Anya's a good talker and she's a class act. I mean, she was part of that group in twenty seventeen that fought for equal rights. And um, yeah, just fascinating hearing about Street her. Street baller. That one, that yeah. is scary.
3: That's how they all started. That's where all the good ballers start.
4: Her and Katie Taylor, yeah. Playing football for the Ireland under sixteens. Um that was that was recorded a couple of days before Treaty, so that's why Hannah's asking her about the treaty game there was beforehand. Um we were looking to get a picture of her gold cap, the one marking her hundred Ireland appearances. Um, do you know what I meant to ask? She you? said it was buried somewhere. She's she after moving houses. Dude, do, do she, does she get a cap every time? I think they do. Yeah,
3: a hundred of them. A hundred cap. Where would oh, you put them? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> literally, where? Like now, knowing the FAI of how they've treated the ladies mm. before, it wouldn't surprise me if she didn't have a cap for every occasion. But literally, a cap for every one of them. Like you'd probably just be like oh, fed up at this stage like, Um, one thing is I haven't
4: really delved into it yet I've just been sort of seeing the headlines but have you been seeing this in the news about some of the the women's countries who are in the World Cup there's a lot of infighting going on I know is there Canada being a big one yeah it's Canada France Spain a lot of their players are battling their own federations just months before the World Cup, like there's been a lot of walkouts. And stuff. I
3: think they might have just realized. Well, do you know what? We're going to the World Cup, and what how we're being treated is not adequate. I'd say that's what it was. Very, mm. very much so. Maybe they had to dip into their own pocket for flights. Something along the lines of that, where they're like, do you know what? Fuck this. We're pros. We're going to the World Cup, and this is how we're being treated. So I'm all for it. It's probably the one question I regret that we didn't, uh, or that we didn't
4: have Hannah ask. Um. It's interesting seeing those stories because of Anya's story. Anya sorry is interesting in that. Twenty seventeen the the women's team get together. Remember like getting changed I still remember this vividly. Getting yeah. changed in the toilets and being treated as fifth class citizens. Then she retires in twenty eighteen. Um she probably assumes she'll never get to play in the World Cup. Gets called back out of retirement in twenty twenty. And now she's actually going to a World Cup, like it's, it's a really cool journey she's been yeah. on. Um Yeah, like I said, a lot of the girls were in the papers, uh, Garrigan, O'Leary, former Shells, they were kinda of saying, No, nope, no regrets leaving Shells. They did it to better their careers. Anya in the mirror was full of praise for the art the robbers set up at Rollestone. Stephanie Zamber said Sunderland probably hurt the best she's ever been at, but she says that robbers in comparison
3: to France and Italy she says it's right up there oh deadly! France and Italy oh yeah so yeah brilliant stuff from Hannah again once and uh, keep a, an ear out for her next few interviews but other results prof nailed nil Dundalk nil this is where we could have scaled back a couple of points but we couldn't do it uh, Pats and balls. we spoke about this already uh, Afalabi getting off the mark I actually put him into my fancy football this week I reckon he's going to score again. UCD losing at home to Drogheda, and Sligo 2, Cork 2 with Sligo nipping in with two late ones. Um, yeah,
4: Sligo like 2 down with 10 minutes left, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, Mata, a bit of a pen merchant he, he is, yeah. I think
3: he's got, geez, 3 or 4 this season. And um, we've UCD with 406 at home to Derry. He's recently the lowest attendance of the season. So um, Derry wee- came at us about attendances before. And. Uh, 406. That's the total attendance against UCD. And we have the
4: highest of the season. Yep. Um, our home game to Derry. And um, there was an article in the Indo, Dan McDonald, saying that if the yellow and red cards stay on this trajectory, yeah. we are on course to pass the 1,000 mark of bookings. 1,000? Yeah,
3: if it's consistent the way it is. Yeah. Which I believe it will be. I certainly do. Yeah, so.
4: Um, just on the attendances there, uh, we have big news, Gareth. Another trophy for Bose. Uh First of all, they've had the biggest crowd on a Monday night so far. So we're just going to plop that trophy into the cabinet. <laughs> also, Bowes and Shelburne, Gareth. Now, this is a big one. Big one, bro. They have seen the biggest growth of attendances without success. More than any other team like thi- So we just
3: give? Them- when when this came out, right? When you look no, before you read, before you tweet, you kind of re-, <laughs> re you kind of reread them, and you think to yourself, "Do I sound stupid? Is the rat controversial? And how ridiculous does this sound?" Most of the time, you probably don't. Uh, I I don't know. Um, it's it's a tricky one. I think. I think they're just trying to laud the work they're doing off the pitch and getting fans in. Like they, they've got what they've got a good start. Balls had a good start, and that's pretty much the reason why they are getting better crowds. And it's great to see your own team winning. But I think, I think unfortunately, I don't think it will last. Actually,
4: doesn't doesn't up there, get Another trophy, uh, best miniature remote control Dublin bus driver. Uh that also sits proudly in the Daily Mount cabinet.
3: I I, I can't wait to see this thing getting rallied <laughs> around the Daily Mount. Someone pitch. is punting this. Someone thing. is getting this <laughs> is booted into the Conock Street end.
4: Barney goes, Bowl's hoping to win Robot Wars this season.
3: <laughs> oh, I love that show man. <laughs> that was deadly. Camelot and who else? What are the other names of them? Brilliant show. Greg Charles. Craig Charles. Craig Charles, wasn't it? Your man from Red Dwarf. Remember Red Dwarf? How remember Red Dwarf? From Robert Wars. Uh it was a it was a program about space and time travel and these it was a funny one. that well, it was Red dwarf it was No, brilliant. no, I haven't seen. It. Um yeah, so we move on to a big congratulations to Marcus Poom, including the Estonia squad for the upcoming internationals in March. So we will be losing them for what game, prof? Well what?
4: actually we won't be losing them because Will he be back that's, for the that's, that's why the League of War schedule is the way it is now. It's worked
3: around international breaks. So it's actually it's what, how many years has it taken? A hundred hundred years? Hundred years, just yeah. hundred years to get yeah. away. There you go now. Yeah. Uh, so Hungary, uh, friendly Budapest, twenty third of March, and Austria again in Linz, a UEFA European qualifier, twenty seven. So he be back for, uh, he will be back for Dundalk away, which Tifties are mm-hmm. 30, throwing names out there for a bus. Thirty it? get involved, yeah. Give yeah. gives a shout if you are interested in jumping on the Tifties bus for Dundalk. We will be having a super mystery tour. Of uh, certain areas, possibly border towns, we we'll let you know.
4: You can't just pick me up from my gaff at five o'clock now. No,
3: not happening, prof. Because you already—you literally have a thirty-second walk <laughs> as it is. Um. Yeah. So best of luck, Marcus, and um, see how he gets on. So I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I'm looking forward to seeing him on a big pitch again once we we'll talk about starting levels of predictions in a while. But Bradzer was coy about Ferrozoi, prof.
4: Um yeah the journals were kind of questioning him because he's not been in has he been in even a match day squad yet? I don't think
3: so. I haven't seen his name. He's been think.
4: playing with the 19s. Um obviously he was on trial with Spurs a few weeks back. I think the term
3: wrapped in cotton wool maybe appropriate here.
4: Well, Brazier used the expression um he knows what he
3: needs to improve. Oh. What does that tell you? Is it, it, it's not his ability.
4: Well, we don't know. We're not. Yeah. We're not privy. You don't know. That's that's just. Yeah. Shoot, like that's spitballing here. Well Brazo did intimate that he will be back involved in the coming week. So he's in his plans. And um, whether or not he's going to move abroad or not, we don't know. Also, he addressed the the training thing in the way we were kind of. We weren't sure about that. We yeah. were like, okay, Bazouney did it we wouldn't yeah. like we wouldn't like a lot of players when we broke it. it down yeah and he basically said sometimes we allow that in certain circumstances yeah so he which what, happens all across yeah. the game yeah but otherwise he was a little coy about it but maybe we'll see him well we saw him on on Monday in Bray but um, and then we had a high scoring game during yep. the first vision
3: my pick for the LMS prof uh, who who'd you, who'd you Is that that did you pick that that just read the score 9-1 uh, no that's not a tonkin, that's a battering a trashing
4: Hang on, is there a limit to Tonkin? Tonkin only goes oh. high as six or seven. Oh, you might be on something. I'm thinking six. I think Tonkin is a very flexible word. <laughs> it, it represents it's all high-scoring
3: um, games. Yeah, so I think most was Pickgowie for the for the elements. I, so. I actually
4: saw the table. All bar one person Yeah, the, the
3: second I saw, I had a pick the week before. Like I, I predicted Kerry not to get a result in at least a four or five game. So they have um, one point so far, isn't it? Yeah some debut by the way for 17 year old Kean Barrett who had just
4: been sent out unknown um, from Roberts I know they he were, made the bench they were 5-0 down at half time that's when he came on
3: ok like
4: so that is a baptism of fire alright prof nightmare debut I've, I've no idea who he played personally but to be involved in that game that is a bad debut yeah
3: yeah I think so Aaron McAniff 95th minute winner for a paired glory and his return from injury so good to see Do you know Perth were down to 10 men from the 8th minute? The 8th minute. Straight
4: red. And they scored a last minute winner. Um, I'm actually furious with Fielser about this because I've been talking to him I want him to go to a game and interview him about it for the programme. And he couldn't go to this one. And I saw what happened. I was like... no No better moment to do it.
3: It was so perfect. Yeah, no better moment. But We have the academy prop, the Roadstone Project results from last weekend so the ladies under 19s Sligo 1-0 good win and the women's under 17s 7-3 Tonkin is it yes it is it's a Tonkin and uh, the boys 6-1 win away in Galway and Warford away for the 14s 5-1 so um, some goals goals galore prof goals galore uh, 15s Brace for goodness of Bonnet and there's a 14th player whose name is Evidence 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 was a, a deadly rapper in the 90s and a DJ so yeah I can go I can go with that Just walk me
4: through this guy. you have three kids right Yeah You're with your partner and you're like I think we should name him Evidence
3: no, It wasn't our top three anyway It wasn't in our top three um, I don't know it, It's I don't know It could mean something in a different language I suppose so yeah Maybe so um, <laughs> I don't know So yes Our own o- uh, Ike Orazzi Scorshi for FAI Ireland And um, Yeah that's their Twitter Handle their 17s And a 2-2 draw with Italy And then another goal With some lightning dribbling And a 3-2 win over Cyprus On Monday So Ireland qualify for the 2017 final Hungary Dramatic fashion And this Sorry
4: that should be Euro under 17 Yeah this, this Finals ooh, um, this,
3: was, oh, this was Ike Orazzi again wasn't it Or no it was Nadrazi who created this goal the winner who was created in the roadstone wasn't it did you see it see how uh, good it was the winning goal the, was the pass for the winning goal and oh, finish. Yes, yes, I the finish the finish was from a Bowles lad but the guy who created oh wow
4: this is a very impressive goal yeah the, they were 2 they were uh, 2-1 down with 10 minutes left and that goal it's a real blink and you miss it isn't it like, I'm, I'm talking about the the eagleiser now the the dribble yeah the, oh the dribble was magic. It's so
3: fast. Yeah, it's something that we we could possibly use in the first and game And the
4: scenes then when the the lads get the winner. It was great to see. Uh Cario Sullivan and Freddie Turdy, the other Rovers players involved in uh in that
3: win. And I think i saw a great stat as well. That I, I know what you're gonna say, yeah. Both the home base players. Sixteen. Sixteen of them. Mark Kenny did a did something years ago, did a couple of uh FAO-y surveys and uh, talking about all the kids coming home no education not being a part of an academy look at that stat. that's super does that feel significant now? absolutely I mean
4: I would love to see let's say another 17s game from five years ago if anyone out there is willing to do this research how many
3: home base players would have been in that squad? you know someone's going to come straight back to us with this I'll say Ryan McDiard (laughs) <laughs> I'm very interested and the this. coefficients are starting already so he's definitely in the, he's in pre-season mode now so this feels like obviously we've
4: we read out the academy results and the call-ups obviously they've been increasing every year we've seen that but just that number 16 is that
3: feels like a turning point yeah, it's class it's not a stigma to play for a home-based yeah. club anymore having said that though what happens between 16 and 18 this, is the, this yeah. is the weakness of Irish football. The graveyard, as they say, prof. the fucking graveyard. So, that level has its finger out and all its ducks in a row but then, the league itself and, I mean, we're our own worst enemy is uh, because we pretty much voted to not have a B league and to not allow B teams into the First Division which is a great pathway for these guys. Give them men's yeah. football at a young age. That is exactly what this is for. I think a collaboration with the of Senior League as well to have another another step down and play men's football but um, I think as soon as we all agree that this is for the better of Irish football and the betterment of Irish football overall it will be a, a glorious day in Irish football where we can all agree on these things but at the moment
4: I think it was actually Graham Garland um, I hope I'm not misquoting him here but he spoke about that 16 to 18 period and he said he went over to the UK it might have been Scotland and it's just like some of these countries are 20-30 years ahead of us because
3: of that gap oh absolutely without a doubt because they've got structures in place and they are they have stood the test of time and they work hmm. you've got the French ones you've got the Italian ones all these things they work we're just starting to build it now which is nuts yeah, yeah so for uh, a sad day in the lair Leicester Senior Cup quarter final we're out 2-1 on the Monday oh tears were shed uh, the team, we started with Leon Poles and Goals, Sean Gannon, Simon Power, Darren Nugent, Justin Freddie, Sean Carey, Leanboard, Kieran Cruz, Carl Lennox, Conan Noonan, Orlando's Jackass. Make of that what you will and um, what formation we tried, but Jackass, we, yak, Yakos. I'm gonna go uh, again. Yakos, Lithuanian.
4: Is he? I think, I guarantee you don't pronounce the J. I think I saw the Lithuanian flag yep. beside his name. Um, I put up a team. Before the game, I think I predicted seven out of le- eleven. Correct? Yeah, I did well. I figured Greener. Great, would start. To see Conan back. Uh, no Greener. Yeah, good to see um, yep. Conan back. Um, just uh, Justin Ferizoi plays, like we said. Um, just on the other Justin, Justin Mason, who, uh, as I said, I was watching beside him for the women's match. I forgot to mention this earlier. We were just sort of thinking back to the podcast he did. Remember. The first year of the podcast, we had our first end of season special. Yep. And that was brilliant. But Joe's couldn't make that because he was getting married. So, to make up for that, we gave Joe's own show the following month. So, it was just amazing. special. I fell
3: asleep. That's right. Yeah.
4: It was a four hour one. And (laughs) I'd forgotten about this. I I, I fell asleep with a card in my hand. And
3: you're like, yeah. You you do that thing where you're you're pushing a pen into my shoulder. You're like, yeah. Okay.
4: is that the one and only time either was have fallen asleep during
3: the podcast? Is in, that is, in two hundred and thirty three episodes? It's not much of a compliment, is it? <laughs> God, I don't remember. Like Lara was sitting there, on, we're sitting there pissed. Lara's waiting in my mom's house for me to finish it so we could drive home. I think his, he was on the phone to his missus. He's like, "Yeah, are uh, gonna be a little bit longer." Same with Tony, yeah, Tony O'Dell. Was, remember Tony O'Dell? Tony yeah. O'Dell was like, Dee these have me drinking and everything and they they he was blaming us yeah
4: so yeah we did not make it ourselves Gar um, Tommy Tarmy did who we'll hear from in a moment uh, Emma Wheatley got the dart down she said she waited for until the dart to uh, put on tifties for the women's hotline she says uh, there's a great quiz team that she can put together now apparently they're all good at quizzes um, I do love an old dart down the break Gar but I looked at the weather forecast on Sunday and couldn't believe my eyes. Google actually said that there was going to be winds between 42 and 45 kilometres per hour. I was like, that's a hurricane.
3: Yeah, I'm going to stay
4: in Kimmich. <laughs> How can a football match be played in that? And then things actually improved on the Monday. But uh didn't end up going down. Uh, you would have had to pay 15 euro in. 15 quid to Bray with no roof for the Leinster Senior Cup on a Monday and €12 Euro for a double cheeseburger.
3: That's that's criminal stuff.
4: How does the cheeseburger cost €3 Euro less than the ticket?
3: That's true. Think about it. You're paying €30 Euro <laughs> to watch Bray and eat a cheeseburger. And you have to eat a cheeseburger. So, it basically is €30. Euro. That's that's crazy, man. We're living a, we're yeah. it's It's not a great time to be a lawyer financially. Um. Yeah, so Prof, we got summed up. One
0: of our agents of doom. He is uh, Tommy Tommy Howdy, Tifties. Tommy Tommy here reporting on our Leinster Senior Cup exit out in Bray. I think there were about 700 or 800 people there with about 350 hoops. Now, I know the LSC isn't a priority, but if the Dubs had 120th of their home support show up for an away game in Wicklow, a lot of Rovers fans wouldn't be slow in giving them grief. Anyway, we played an experimental team that was effectively 3-4-3 for most of the first half. We had Liam Burt playing up front. Uh, He was quiet enough, although some good play did go down his left-hand side. We fell behind to a penalty that looked harsh since it appeared to be given after Sean Gannon launched a perfectly legal clearance, although maybe there was a suggestion that he went through the Bray player. Overall, Bray had most of the play although they might have incurred a few more yellows considering the number of times they managed to kick our players rather than the ball. Mind you, it's the Leinster Senior Cup, so who really needs the ball? Um, certainly not Leon Poles, who managed to misjudge a looping in-swinging cross from outside the box and let it tuck just inside the post. So it was 2-0 to pray at half-time. Both teams were poor enough in the second half and it was a scrappy game, although they both managed to have the ball in the net only to see the goals ruled out for offside. Ours looked onside so to me. It came from a break by Burt on the left and a looped crossfield pass that took out the defence. I couldn't see theirs properly, although it came from a waist high cross into the box before the Bray player kind of miscontrolled it under Leon. Our play picked up slightly and we could have had a couple of goals from good moves that ended with chances in the box. Unfortunately, we ultimately blasted over after a scramble on two occasions, I think. Towards the end of the game, Justin Farrizay pulled one back with a toe poke, but we didn't really deserve to equalise. Overall, the performance was that bad that I wouldn't be surprised if Bradzer received a congratulatory text from Pat Fenlon. None of the individual performances were really of note. Bert, Gannon and Ferrazai all looked good at times. Poles looked a bit shaky. And none of the other lads really covered themselves in glory. Overall, if you want a picture, I'd say that game was to football what Paul Curry is to punditry.
3: I can, Whenever I hear Tommy speak, I can always picture him. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Oh. Do it, do it. No, not. I'm not like Nixon
4: there. I nailed it once, and you I just I think that should it be before, yeah.
3: But brilliant stuff from yeah. Tommy.
4: We call we call that the uh, the Tommy thesis. The Tommy thesis. Yes, since he's a lecturer, isn't he? Um yeah Tommy sat in the home end which was a very smart move. Woolies, Wooly words or words with Wooly for that one yeah Tommy in the home end. Yeah. Yeah so like he says uh 2-0 down consolation goal by Justin and we were out of the Leicester Senior Cup.
3: I genuinely did want I was anticipating like a a cup toy with balls because if we did draw them in the semi of the Leicester Senior Cup. You're talking thousands. No doubt about it. Remember, we won 4 yeah. 2 in Penos ages ago, and no, there wasn't as many at that, but I'm telling you now. You're talking about the Stephen Kenny season against both? Possibly nil all and then 4 2 in Penos. I don't know what the crowd. I said it was only 1,000 at that game. I'm telling you. For this one alone, people would have turned up. I guarantee you. it. It would have been great. I was anticipating it. That's why he's asking yeah. what the biggest attendance was. You were saying it was 20,000 at some games, so. I was, I was well thinking. that's the 50s and 60s Yeah you know, that's diff- That was a, it was a big competition then Right okay Here we go Tuesday trivia On a Tuesday prop Are
4: no, you ready? No better time Two minutes The, quiz, the
3: timer has been has been set One, up One Two Three Go Play go. quiz Okay Rovers had three scoreless draws in the league last season Away to Shelbourne and Who else? Dundalk Sligo the Pats it No Dundalk Wait which of these centre backs has scored the fewest goals for the club of five? Oh, this is a trick. Dan Leary, Dan Cleary, Lee Gray, Sean Hoare, Roberto Lopez. Mmm. <sighs> oh, mmm. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go Sean Hoare. John, Dan Cleary, why? <laughs> it's a, that's a prof one. <laughs> that's a prof one. I'm double bluffed you there. Has equaled Alan O'Neill's clean sheet record of 120. Which keeper did he overtake? Barry Murphy, Jody Bourne, mix, Smith, Darcy, Barry Murphy. Oh, I, I pick. Jody Bowe by accident. Uh, we'll give
4: you the point. Right, give me
3: that make, one. Sean Rovers Ladies FC originally went by what name until 1996? O'Connell's, Chicks, Verona FC, Elm Rovers, Castle Rovers.
4: Hannah said it.
3: Hannah said it. It's Castle Rovers, isn't it? No, that was Boas. O'Connell's, it's Castle Rovers. Yes. Rovers haven't lost a at home to St. Patrick's Athletic in the league. Oh, here you go. In, since which year? Uh seven, 16, 15, 18, 17, oh. Oh, it's a guess. 2017, 2016 Was that the four nil? Two nil. True or false? Not one player in Rovers starting eleven that day in March twenty sixteen still playing pressure football. This is false. This is false. uh I'm gonna say false. No, true. <laughs> <sighs> who going got who who scored the Rovers women's first league all the season? Shawna Fox, Abby Larkin, Jamie Thompson, Anya O'Garman. Shauna Fox. Correct last time Rovers and Bowles met a cup final was in which competition in the 1990s uh, 18 seconds uh, 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 let's see your cup uh, the President's Cup oh, total guess who scored Rovers 4th goal from free kick and 4-2 win in the end of the 2009 season Robinson Gary Twig Baker Bradley Baker slow motion one more Rovers scored last two league games in St. Patrick's Day in, 20- in, in 2002 <laughs> I'm not even reading it Rovers. Uh, la- no,
4: just read out the questions. Once you start, you gotta finish. Just read out the questions. Story,
3: Rovers' yeah. last two league games on St Patrick's Day were in 2017 against Cork, 2002 against Shelbourne. Which player scored an own goal past Tony O'Dell from 30 yards? Terry Palmer, wasn't it? Pascal Vaudaquin, Tommy Dunn, Gary Crown, Terry Palmer. This is like talked about, isn't it? Or oh, I'm thinking. Oh, like, I don't know how much I'm it's talked a about. I'm thinking Jason score scoring a cracker. And and then I'm thinking of the Cork fella, Bennett, who scored one. So I'm not sure. I'm going to go three power. No. Gary Garrett Cronin. Gary Cronin, yeah. So what did I get? Solid four.
4: Well, five. You, you you're. A oh, slip yeah. There slip was of the tongue yeah, there. there so I'll give you five for that. A
3: slip of the tongue. Save it for <laughs> the you know, bad. You know who it goes, Gary. Save it for the <laughs> bad. <bathhouse laughs> We've, We've all been there.
4: we um, The reason I made that quiz question about Daisy Baker, and yes, there was a typo in there. You should have said 2009. 2019 but that game where he scored the free kick at the end whereas we had just lost to cork and we bowles had the upper hand in the title race again yeah but we knew we had to win in oriel park and it was a mad game uh it was two all and then we went three two up and then baker gets the free kick at the end it's on youtube check it out
3: proper slow motion
4: Uh, I I brought up to this game with Desi Baker and he was so happy I mentioned this game and he was like that is a great question I love this goal so much (laughs) and he went on about it for five or six minutes an
3: absolute in the grand scheme of things an absolute nothing game nothing game but it was a (laughs) mental (laughs) the scenes the scenes were mental yeah and just to say
4: the Baker interview went very well very enjoyable. It, it was so good, I think. I think we should hold it off for a special occasion. Oh. So, you're not going to hear it next week, unfortunately. But, stay, stay tuned. Oh. It's coming soon. Tessie Baker. Um, yeah, that question about the last time pass beat us in Tada, 2016. They did beat us in a League Cup match later that year. But the last time in the League, they beat us. Yeah, no player in our starting eleven is still playing professional football. Trevor Clark came off the bench. In the Pats lineup, Brendan Clark, Shane McElhaney and David Crawley. The only three. Shane McElhaney Still playing professional football. Wow. Um the centre back's goals for robbers. Pigo eighteen. Grace Whoa. Eighteen. Dude. Great show. Pigo eighteen, Greatest Grace. double figures. Grace seven. No. Horse six. Cleary five. Cleary's
3: good going considering how long he's here. Um, yeah so that's the just stats a, on the
4: quiz prof just a final stat not, not actually Robbers related but um, Mark Turner threw this one in the chat which I thought was a great one you might recall this um, he said there's three players who have over 400 appearance in the Premier League but have no caps for their national team yeah super um, awesome. do you, did you remember the answers
3: uh, oh man I've actually put it in
4: the programme this week and I put in Rather than say what it is I put in hints Oh you
3: said Arteta It wasn't Arteta So
4: if you don't get it I'll give you the hints I put in the programme Fuck Do you want to hear them? Yeah go on How can I forget already? Joey O'Brien played with two of them At West Ham
3: Mark Noble Kevin Nolan
4: Yep yeah. And the other one Steve McPhail Played against them In an FA Cup final Chelsea Leeds Who did Cardiff beat in the Cup final? Or who did Cardiff lose to in the oh, two thousand
3: eight Cup final? Fuck don't know, tell me, give me that one. Portsmouth, Sylvan Distant. Uh, Sylvan Distant. Oh, yes, that that had us all itching, didn't it? Distant, is it? I
4: remember pronouncing mm. that correctly. Um, and I was I was googling that um that question, so I was trying to see where it came from. And somebody on Twitter had made a list of notable players who never made an international appearance. And I found this fascinating. I knew about all of them to be
3: fair. My my, my big hmm. one was Arteta.
4: Yeah. can not believe that. He's he's put Arteta one here. There's a couple of, of Spanish ones I reckon. And the other one I thought immediately was Steve Bruce, Man United. Unbelievable he was never capped. Uh Paolo Canio, Never capped. Whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dirty fascist. Um Kevin Nolan we we mentioned. Carlo Cud- Cudicini and fairness So many, so many, probably not going to get into that team. So many great Italian goalkeepers. Um, Mark Noble, Lee Clark of Newcastle, and uh, yeah, Sylvan, great shouts there, bro.
3: Man City and Parson quiz questions, actually. In in saying about quizzes, so yeah, Abby got me this huge, big, monster quiz book because she knows we quiz the players and stuff like that. So it's ammo, gold for this type of thing. Yep, but that's a that had us all thinking, didn't it, bro? we better not say the name of the quiz book, otherwise the players will uh, go out and bite and cheat. There you go, yeah. It's the first thing they're going to do. Yeah, so Prof up next. Start 11th. Um, predictions. Right. I'm going for it. I'm going straight in. No kissing. I'm going Manus, whore, Pico, Cleary. I'm starting Gannon. Hmm. I want Fruge on the left.
4: Give away a penalty in uh, Bray there. Shut up, prof. Gannon on the right. Well just to say, no, nothing to do with the penalty, but just anyone who started in Bray is obviously not playing on Friday. Prof, don't
3: be real with us. Right. So he's just not though. Fruge on the left, Gannon on the right. He's getting minutes into the legs. Will you have to give him a chance? <laughs> Gary O'Neill, poom, Born Bork, gaff. And I'm gonna say 3 0, a solid, bloody nose. To St Patrick's Athletic and Clancy to lose two Dublin Derbies in a row and ultimately end up back in the DPH with you, prof.
4: With me, Jesus. I yeah, don't I, I
3: don't think these are like I explained earlier on, I think it's different setting for, for St. Pat's at the minute. I think it's very possible that the yeah. dressing room's gone here. So listen, I could be wrong, but I'm just absolutely convinced I even went last man standing with them. Paddy's Day kick off five PM. Prof, what are you going for? I'm going for three nil and that's my starting lineup.
4: Yeah I've got the same scoreline prediction I just think I'm not going to use any T-words I'm not going to use any high figures I just think I think it's going to click I think, gonna, I think we're going to I think we're going to win well Season starts Friday. As for my team Yes um, Actually no you've got Cleary No I'm going to say Grace You're going to say Grace I'm starting Lee Grace Send back Right wing back uh, No the usual Ruger, right, Clark, left.
3: Yeah, I think Clark might be injured. Gary O'Neill,
4: Pum, Burn, Burke,
3: Gaff. Yeah, no argument to that. With Trino. you your attacking formation. Uh, Cheltenham on the big screens in Maldron beforehand, and you have the Proder Rings End run the bus from the Irish Town House. So, straight after the Gold Cup, get yourself onto the bus from the home of football mm. in Rings End and over to the game. and. Um, Yes, our members passes, you'll need all that. Get into the suite scr- into the suite in the Maldrin.
4: Yeah, Maldron at three. Pint at 315. <laughs> 15 euro plate of Chinese at 330. Team sheets at 345.
3: That is efficiency.
1: Pints.
3: <laughs> Pints. I'm not mad into the horses now myself. Yeah. So I don't really care for that.
4: Garrett, these team sheets are out so fast now. On the FEI Connect app. That Shane Keegan, manager of Cove. That team she came out before he even told his own players.
3: That's what apparently is an issue with the underage coaches as well. (laughs) Phones are barred because they're looking. They're like, oh, boys, I'm starting. So, (laughs) get on the the app, boys. Boys, I'm starting. No, so definitely not happening. Um, Phones into the big... I was going to say uh, Goldfish Bowl But that, that probably sounds a bit wrong So uh, Yeah Program Prof Talk to me What have we got What more content yeah. have we got a Very statty piece
4: for me this week You know my thing with the numbers Where I have all the The stats laid out uh, I well, enjoy these Yeah Got a Snapchat A with visual feast I'd call it Snapchat with Barry Murphy Who has just retired I know you all probably presumed he retired Um. He was on the bench for the past Cup final win in 2021. But um, he's actually only officially retired now. So we've got a kind of a goodbye message from Baz in the programme. And I've uh, asked him about his career.
3: So. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's just retired? Yeah. Where's he been playing?
4: He's been back with his local club. Really? his club? Leicester Celtic. I can't believe it. Yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't know. There
4: you go. Uh, we have the debut of the Gent in the programme
3: the gent in the program the gent is in the program you are just bringing people to new levels
4: <laughs> what's his, what's it called it's called Global Green and White so he's going to cover clubs around the world who also wear green and white oh, hoops oh
3: yes I'm going to say his first one up is well Senetien.
4: no it's a very predictable first one Celtic
3: it's Celtic Okay.
4: no listen you got to do them all but he is going to go right around the globe so lots of different clubs this is a very covered.
3: very cool idea
4: Yeah, no, it's a good piece. Um, I was just thinking, actually, I was just saying to him, I bet you'll get a buzz when you open the program. Because do you ever think back to a feeling you get? The fuzzy one? Well, the fuzzy feeling, whether it's whatever you want to talk about, whether it's romantic or whatever. Do you ever think about a feeling and you can feel it again? I still remember opening the program when my first article was in it. I was like, whoa, I am published it was actually a very cool feeling
3: I'd say you got that when you were Talatime as well oh, absolutely yeah I sadly am an inarticulate slob so <laughs> I will never get that fuzzy feeling I being been a published author but uh, I feel for you Prof I feel fuzzy for you thank you um, so yes uh, that's the programme make sure you get it use our programmes Fiverr in the South Stand and next week Prof the In Memoriam it's a very very touching one it's called My Dad yeah, so, so we're gonna go talk out to a lot of Hoops who have been influenced by their father when brought to Rovers, and uh, there's gonna be a few tears, prof.
4: Yeah, so we've got five Hoopers who are gonna talk about their late fathers who were also Rovers fans and how they influenced them, some. Yeah. Uh, what they were like, and uh, we've we've asked five fairly prominent Rovers fans, so I think it's a good five picks. Yeah. It's gonna be a good one. Uh, Onto also, the cro-
3: stories have been lifted over the turnstiles and yeah. put on the crossbar of the bike yeah so
4: yeah check that, that one out next week but in the meantime if your dad or mum followed robbers and they're sadly no longer with us and they haven't already had their own in memoriam on the podcast get in
3: touch absolutely
4: please do would love to feature your dad on the show. We
3: would love to hear you talk about how you got into Rovers or how they influenced you in any way and just some nice, nice stories about past family members, you know, who've you've shared great memories with following rovers. Right, so Prof, come to an end. Buzzing for the Southstand, buzzing for this game, but it's 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 coming up to Paddy's Day, right? And you do it every year. What do I do? You you come up with some stereotypical shite Horrible fucking hoopla con song at the end of it. I don't want it this time. It's a sensitive issue at the minute. Yeah. SNL getting it in the neck. Um. Jimmy Kimmel another one making Irish jokes. Just don't do it. It's crass it's lazy humour and it's not you Prof. It's not you. So I just want you to promise me this one. Okay. Promise me you won't do it. Alright. All right. I, I promise I won't. I won't. So that's it. We'll see you in Block X or wherever block we end up in nowadays we've been ousted gentrification of the south stand Um so that's it and um, we'll see you in talent and keep on hooping see ya
1: in the year 87 the hoops were in heaven our team had one four in a row but about that same time, a terrible crime From Milltown we were forced to go And oh how we cried, our club nearly died Like nomads we dabbled all over But we found a home, now no longer must we roam We are the Champ Rovers. Now we're the SRFC, in the SDCC. we're Ireland's number one And on many a Friday, down Kilkipper Way, we're hooping and heaven good fun And the league flag does fly, high in the Palestine, for our fans the sea from all over. And we're all proud to be in the SRFC. We are the Shamrock Rovers. And when we're away every other Friday, we travel near.